episode 392 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the inimitably excellent, yet sometimes fastidious, Jason Roberts. Fastidious. What's up? <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing? Um, yes. Uh, I, I didn't know if we were going to be able to record today. Yeah, you're you're on the run from the, from the forest fire. <laughs> yeah, we heard like um, some, you know, uh, I guess... Probably before lunch, we heard um, through the mom grapevine on Facebook that there was like a three-acre fire over the hill from us. Mm-hmm. And we were just kind of monitoring it. And then it grew to 300 acres. Wow. And there was pretty fast winds, you know, the Santana winds. And so we just sort of decided, well, it, like the, the winds didn't exactly look like they were coming in our direction, but they were sort of, they weren't exactly not in our direction. So there was sort of, there was potential. Mm-hmm. So we decided, all right. We're just going to clear the house. Um, so we took like 30 to 60 minutes to think about what we wanted to take. And we left uh, and we went down, we went up to Pismo Beach and stayed the night there. And then um, in the morning found out that actually the fire had grown to 3,000 acres. Jeez. But it had, um, it had continued sort of just going by rather than going towards us. So it had burnt itself out around us. So probably very low risk of anything happening. Um, and they had they had removed the fire evacuations because there was a fire evacuation for over the hill, but not in our area. So that even that fire evacuation uh, uh, warning had been removed, and it had gone further down towards the ocean. So we're like, okay, let's go back. So we're back home, and uh, here we are. Actually, yeah, what can I say? Well, uh, you know, I, I I thought maybe I could uh, could smell the fire. Oh yeah. Um, but Sandy said also the neighbors were had had a, 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 a barbecue, so it could have been the neighbor's barbecue. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it might have blown this way. I don't know if the winds were blowing uh, west to east because you're you're north, but you're also a little west. You're northwest. Yeah, from me. exactly. Yeah, that's right. So um, I was going to say so, but it made me think of an interesting thing. Like we had that thirty to sixty minutes to think. Okay. What is important in our life that we're going to put in the car right now? It's not replaceable. You know, what's, yeah. So for me. Certificates, bank, bank record, you know, just the kind of stuff. If you had to set up your life again fast, like absolutely irreplaceable family stuff, I guess. I don't know. Jewelry. I don't know. I mean, for me, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you what it was for me, and then I'm going <laughs> to ask for you. Your, your phone charger and your computer. And I got, like, oh, like, I'm gone. That's all I need. First thing I thought about was my wedding ring, which I never wear. I what? never wear it, but it is important to me. Other way, the reason why I never wear it is because it's so uncomfortable. Why is it's it uncomfortable? Because like, I just, I got this wedding ring, like to like in a, in a, in like a, a sort of a grandiose f- fashion. I got this big titanium thick. <laughs> heavy ridiculous wedding ring that's just way wow. too big and it's just like if i shake someone's hand it like literally hurts each time so i just i don't wow. know okay but it is important to me as a concept so i so i grab as that a concept <laughs> the first thing i yeah, did okay i'm supposed um, to care about this thing so i need to have it okay 
next thing i grabbed was my dad so my dad's paper like there's there's you know some papers related to my dad and i've got this old laptop that has a bunch of recorded conversations that we've had that i've been meaning to catalog and Mm -hmm. set up for jack so that he can listen to some stuff of my dad so i've grabbed that and then the the final thing was like um press clippings cds and videos from the band days Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to lose that you know Mm -hmm. and uh you know the laptop and obviously the family and the dog (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we're ready to yeah go. i mean other than that you just want like a week's worth of clothing or something in case right like yeah you make life not super inconvenient but yeah it's, exactly. it's it's funny how little of what we own is actually that important well that's what i want to ask you like what would you take given the given that because it's not it's not like you have to run out straight away it's like you've got like 60 minutes to get it together uh not much it's it's not much, is it? It's not, not much. much. I mean, you know, when when I think about, I mean, Sandy would have she she sort of like takes care of all the she pays all the bills and takes care of all the records. So right, she they probably has a box with most of that stuff in it. So I wouldn't worry about that. I'm like, okay, she's got the records, and I'm sure birth certificates and that kind of stuff, passports, birth certificates. Yeah, Georgie um, had that ready to go. Yeah, you kind of got all that. That that takes you five minutes. You get all that stuff. Um. Yeah, there's not much. There might be some photos that we had from before for digital. Mm-hmm. Before we'd had digital photos, you know, back in the nineties, yeah. <laughs> in the eighties, some old photos from high school and college and things like that. Um, I mean, that's just like clothes and books. I mean, most we need like the bulk of things that I own that are like a pain to move are all my books. But like, do you just really mountains care and about mountains them? of books? That's what I'm I saying. Mean, and again, yeah. they're just at the end of the day, they're just books, right? Um, uh, I mean, and and uh, yeah, and clothes, and so yeah, not much. So nothing no sentimental hope. for you. I'm not a very sentimental guy, for starters. Okay, I don't really yeah. care. It's just stuff is stuff, and it just, it's just, it's like, um, and then you get too much of it, it just, it, it kind of owns you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why people like you get make money. It's like, oh, and they buy a second house, and they buy a boat. I'm like, really? You know, you got to take care of all this crap and pay taxes and upkeep and maintenance, and it's like, I don't want. I don't want stuff. I don't want I don't want anything impinging on my freedom and taking up my time. Right? <laughs> you know what's funny about that <laughs> is like you never leave Pasadena. So like what it what even free like you're almost like an in a sense, you're almost not free because you love Pasadena so much. You're just like you're stuck there. You, you're not what do you going mean I don't leave I'm 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 all over the place. What no, I mean I mean you. Of course, you go to like Colby's school or whatever. You you travel no, around. I'm going to San Francisco. I'm up in Oregon. We're in New York. We're in. But you I wouldn't mean, live we, anywhere else, would you? Like. Yeah, but what the hell does that mean? So I like. Right. So I live in the place I want to live. <laughs> okay, you okay. know, I like. You know, because you're 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 cosmopolitan. Because you moved to Savannah for three weeks, move back. I mean, you know. Well, Fair I was going to ask you. You're like got ants in your pants because you guys move every year and a half. That's true. We're All the, around the, the LA area, right? You just like change apartment. <laughs> you bought a house once, but then you just move. You know, it's true. Why, we are why, hands in the pants. Why? Why is that that you guys keep moving? Why is it that you're <laughs> unable to find a place that you're just happy uh, being? I don't know. That's a great question. I mean, I, show me the place where I'm where I'm really happy. I, I think it's because we're just we're just waiting to find that place. I'm not sure what it is. We don't quite know. I mean, we're still, you know, in a in our own mind, we're we're checking out different places. Like you just you don't know who you are. You just away. don't know who you are. Yeah. I mean, come on, that that is true. That is true. 
<laughs> you, but you already knew. Sick. You've always known what you liked. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I've, I, yeah, I, I'm usually pretty good at figuring out what I like and don't like, and I'm not real wishy washy about. Oh, I'm like, no, this is good. I like it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it makes it easy. I mean, there are other places that there are other there are a lot of great places in the world to live, and a lot of places, great places in California to live, but all things being equal, when you when you it's like Pasadena is. As good or better than any other place. If Pasadena, like, if an earthquake struck and everything was taken out, where would you move to? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably stay in California. Oh yeah, Um, you know, because I had looked. You know, it's funny because Sandy went to um, what was it, Boise State, to take Airly to a gymnastics meet. Our gymnastics mm-hmm. camp over the summer, and right. she's like, "Man, it is so beautiful here. Everybody's so nice. There is no crime. There is not even a piece of garbage on the ground. I mean, it's like Japan or something." And um, it's like talk about an easy place to live and inexpensive, right? And the only thing that it, the only things that would really be different than here, is, of course, the weather because it's going to get cold. Yeah, in Idaho. And uh, so you're going to have, and I, you know, having lived in Chicago for a number of years, I know what that means. Um, you know, it's like really nice. I'm out somewhere, t-shirt and jeans. It's December. Cold to the bone. That really is bad. Yeah. Well, it's not just about it being. That it's not just the temperature. It's um like a, if, when you get north, it gets dark early. Like really? Yeah, early. that's true. Yeah. Like three thirty. Yeah, like living day. in darkness. For months, it just feels kind of gloomy and dark, which gets me down. Um, but you know, I, here it's it's like sunny. All, even the winter, it's sunny. It's like jeans and a t-shirt, maybe a a light uh, jacket or something, which is just mm-hmm. so nice. It's so it's like you feel like you can do anything. Um, go, you know, all you know, all options are on the table. When it's really cold out, you're just like, ah, oh, just sit inside and you know, watch football or whatever. Maybe you venture out and grab dinner with some with somebody or something. Did you finish Welcome Welcome to Wrexham? No. Oh, we have like uh two, three more episodes. I think of two okay. three more episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's good though, right? Like you yeah, yeah you watch you you binge the whole thing. Oh yeah, totally. Um yeah, it's great. This, we've we've turned we've turned a few listeners onto it, which is good. And um uh one listener said addicted already after just watching one episode. <laughs> yeah, it's uh I I've done quite a good job. It's just so funny how um they were talking about how other teams, once they get up to League Two and League One, are going to start bitching and complaining about how unf- what an unfair advantage they have because of the fame of of Ryan and Rob, right? I mean, so they're going to have hmm. so much more money, bringing in so much more money because of the, the documentary. Yeah. Right? And so they're going to sell way more jerseys. They're going to have way more fans. And so they'll have the, they'll have the salary... Uh, they would pay the salaries of a lot better players, so they're just going to motor right on up. They should, I think so. yeah. I mean, it may not go every single year they're they they're promoted, but I mean, I imagine after four or five years, they'll probably be up the Championship League, you know, which is one one below the Premier League, I would bet. Okay, prediction, prediction. They will find a top class American player who's in American leagues and move him over there and put him in the team. Why do you think that? Because they're American, and like, why not? It's like it just—it would just be a good connection, and it'd be like, 
yeah, let's, you know, Americans mm. can do it too. Well, obviously, Americans can play soccer. I mean, we usually do pretty well at World Cup, in the World Cup, but right. um, that might happen. I, I don't know if that's a great bet just because um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of at, uh, native talent that's yeah. probably less yeah. expensive. Yeah, that's true. And um, they probably... Um, Wouldn't have to pay those giant relocation fees. and uh, If they do that, yeah. I don't even know how that works. But, uh, you know, the thing is that they probably have a lot more information about the other players that are going to be playing in League 2 and League 1, right? They they watch, they know these teams, they know these players, um, they know their agents, you know, they become acquainted and say, hey, let's see if we can get this guy, let's see if we can get that guy. And it would just be kind of random to pull some guy over from like the U.S. or Mexico or something, you know what I mean? It's like, unless it's some, you know, at the, at the, unless you're up at the highest levels. I don't know. Yeah. It's possible. But I I don't know. I mean, they don't need they don't need any more gimmicks. Yeah, right? that's I mean, true. They don't that's need true. like oh, we live in America. Play that like they, they've maxed it out. <laughs> that's right? a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, and you got two Hollywood. Yeah, Deadpool is an owner for Christ's sake. You have a documentary. I mean, like that's now it's just about using the, using the the money they have as efficiently as possible to provide the create the best possible team, which is what they've been doing. You know, so, but I, I, but I do think they're going to advance to there. So they're for anyone's not listening, that the top league is of course the Premier League, and then I think it's called the Championship League, and then it's League yeah. One, and then League Two, and they were they are currently in the National League, which is sort of not it's not even considered like pro. It is pro, but it's not pro. I don't know. Yeah. What the the, and they've been the sort of it's sort of purgatory, and they're trying to get up to League Two. It's the fourth division. Um, and I think things change in terms of like revenue sharing and TV rights and things like that. So it's a big it's a big difference when you drop down from League Two to National League. Um, big drop in uh, the amount of money you have to spend on players, and that's why it's so hard to get to get back up. Especially when you've been down for a lot of years <laughs> at this lack of money. So anyway, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, what? How do you want to to take the show? Do you want to talk like? Do you want to move on to the typical like light wave stuff, or do you want to move to links? What direction would you like to go? Well, sir? we'll do links later. But first, I want to hear about your coach Viva. You've been on. You've had a diet oh, coach for two or three weeks. I thought weeks you might now. want to hear about that. I yeah. thought you might want to hear about that. Um, well, um, I'm just looking at my notes here. So basically, I have not got fully into it yet i've been i've actually been waiting until i've got the math done on lightwave but i mean i have been doing stuff what, um, they, what does one have to do with the other it's it's just my own personal uh mental process like i just it's difficult for me to get into because what they what they want is they want you to do major learning it's like it's a course it's just like a lot of content to go through Mm-hmm. So it's a big commitment. So I so rather than me spending an hour a day going through this stuff, I've been just wanting to get the math out of the way before I sort of circle back into it. But I have been using the tracking app, and I think tracking makes a huge difference. Um, mm-hmm. Having the tracking app, but especially the way that they've done the tracking app, having humans on the other end, mm-hmm. like that makes a difference. It just it makes me more accountable because I'm like, 
okay, I don't know who those people are on the other end, but I don't want to show them that I had such and such, you know, so so it makes me more accountable. Are you hiding stuff that you're eating? Are you being No, no, I'm being being truthful, but I'm eating better because I'm like, I don't want to say... You know, oh, I just had like this ice cream with this pizza. Well, how um, how much have you been eating? So you know, because that was something that we were just guessing on when you were posting. You were like, well, I don't really count calories. Then you would do, and you would count part of it, but then you wouldn't count the other. So how many calories do you eat on a typical day? I mean, no, it's it's about. I mean, I'm just trying to stick to what they what they're recommending, which is 1,900. Okay. So look, based on everything, like they're recommending 1900. Wow. And so they were in. basically eating your BMR. So your BMR is probably right around that. Yeah. That's, right. that's what they're recommending. Wow. So, okay. And then I'm doing, um, so what I have been doing consistently is 45 minute walk every day, tracking the food in the app. And on the one, um, I've only, I'm, I'm only measuring once a week. And on that once a week measurement, I did go down in weight, but I went up in body fat percentage. Um, my body fat percentage is, um, I can tell you now, my body fat percentage is currently considered to be 26.91. Okay. Yeah. So 27%. Okay. Um, what, what'd your weight go down to? You were like two or six before you started, right? Uh, no, PR? cause no, cause I went, went, when I started with Viva, I'd gone back up. So I was 209.6, uh, on that first week that I started with them. Mm-hmm. And then the next week I was 208.4. Um, the, I think the, the thing that took my, the thing that took my body fat percentage up because all my numbers were down except for the waist. And I think it was, it was like literally just, this is what's weird. It was 40, it went from 41 to 41.2, my waist. And I, I really think it's just a measuring thing. Like, it's well, just yeah, like, yeah, that stuff is not. Um, it's easy for how how tight are you pulling it? It's yeah, easy exactly. to pull yourself. So it's easy so to like, every, well, you know. So every number, like, so for example, on the first measurement, my weight was two hundred nine point six. My waist was forty one. My hip was thirty nine. My neck was sixteen point eight. On the second measurement, my my weight was two hundred eight point four. Waist was forty one point two, hip thirty. So basically, it's it's everything's less except for the waist measurement, but for some reason the body fat goes up with just a point two difference in the yeah. In the waist. Well, just just I keep in mind I would put the waist measurement at probably around plus minus half an inch in terms of measuring error. <laughs> You know, it's like you, know, you pull a little tired. You can easily pull a little tired than you did the, year, the 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 time before, or something quarter inch, at least a quarter inch, at least a quarter inch. Until you've been doing a long time, and you realize, okay, this is exactly the tautness. You know, so you think I should do yourself. it the same as the time before? What in terms? No, I would just say just don't. I wouldn't overreact. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I would not. be like, well, you know, it's like your your body's your weight. First of all, water weight is going to fluctuate, and that's going to affect your waist. Right. And um, your gut. I mean, um, and, and as well as the measurement. So just like if you eat a lot of carbs or eat a lot of sugar, you're going to hold more water and you're going to weigh heavier the next day, the next few days. And same thing will happen with um, your waist. Your waist will, will balloon out a little bit. Okay. I know yeah. this because I've tested it a million times on myself. <laughs> it's like, you know, my – so I, I wouldn't um, – it's important to track it, but I wouldn't uh, overreact it. But the thing is you're only tracking it once a week. Yeah, once a week. That's what that's they what want. they recommend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so they want they want to track that over time because they want to see that you are you're not going to become skinny fat as you as you mentioned. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. that's that's the um, that's the danger of being at a caloric restriction and not um, doing any sort of um, resistance training, or in, in, especially if you don't if you're high enough protein. So, are they saying anything about the protein stuff? Like they're trying to try to eat more protein. Um, so they do recommend uh, the protein stuff, but it's less than you do. It's more just a, along this this sort of FDA standards, and they're also a bit less stressed about the resistance stuff. Until later, they they do think that's important, but they just think like it's important, you know, at the towards like the 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 let's say the third part of your journey. So the first two thirds is kind of like loss, weight loss, and then the last third is like okay, now build up lean, you know, now 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 get things right. So they're just less stressed about it until a later stage. Well, that's what I had said initially too. I was like, dude, just you, you gotta sort of stack some wins, like yeah. you know, like. Like, you don't want to diet too long. You haven't been a caloric deficit for too long and too severely um, with, w- without doing a resistance training, you know? And I mean, like, I don't mean, like, six weeks. I mean, like, six months. Like, okay, you've been, you've been a caloric, you might want to start doing something. It doesn't mean you got to go be doing squats and deadlifts or something, but just getting, doing some dumbbells, you know, three times a week or something, you know? Um, and that's probably what they're saying. They've found that they're, they're probably thinking, okay, they're, they're playing the long game. They're like, okay, we need to get, these people who they need our help because they struggle with exercise and diet. And the first thing we need to do is create habits and accountability. And we need yeah. to show them that they can be successful and they can stack some wins. So let's start losing some weight, start getting the habit of tracking stuff, start measuring stuff. And then after a little bit of time say, okay, let's maybe, you know, do a little bit of this, but you know, a little bit, you know, a little resistance training or whatever. So I, I totally agree. I mean, that, I mean, I watched a ton of their videos. They came out like the, and I, I was watching them. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what Justin needs. Like the, they're, t- they're, they're saying all the right stuff and they're, yeah. and they're dealing with people like yourself who are not fitness fanatics. They're not athletes. They're not people who are like, you know, there's people like, ah, you know, okay, I got to lose weight. What do I yeah. do? I don't want to do this. I'm really frustrated. You know, it's like, okay, Let's, let's help these people, you know, skip all the mistakes that we made. <laughs> like, just do these things. So anyway, so that's good. Yeah. That's good. How are yeah, you feeling? So, are you feeling okay with what you're doing so far? I know you said no, you're not totally I, dialed in. I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm dialing in on a few and a few more just really consistent habits about the breakfast and the lunch. Um, the end of the day, I just need to sort out a bit more and the getting in, the, the getting into the carbs. So also my blood, you know, my blood sugars, I'm in about between... 60 and 70% in range. Um, I don't want to bring that down to much better. But but the times when I do go out, it's just because of some random carb thing that comes into my orbit. So you're like, still trying to keep keep stay on top of that as much as... it's Yeah, it's like Georgie and Jack will make a, a blueberry cake. <laughs> you know, blueberry muffins or something. And it's like, I've just got to find something else that I can do other than have those things like, you know, maybe just some other snacks or something. So I'm still working towards that. Those, that's the only weak point. Um, but one thing that I did do is I registered with a local MD because my my MD uh, is in Pasadena. And so that's the reason why I never really have mm. get tests done or whatever. So I registered with my lo- a local MD and they put me in touch with a cardiologist. So I'm going to register with a cardiologist. So I'm getting all the tests done this week. Oh, that's just great. All, the, all the tests. And then I'm going to do uh, get the cardiologist tests and they people for some reason doctors don't seem alarmed about the low heart rate but we'll see i mean maybe i you know i'll speak to the cardiologist maybe they'll see something different yeah well it's better safe than sorry it's like hey they yeah, get in and they yeah. say hey you know what it's fine don't worry about it then great yeah you know i mean i'm not a doctor i'm just 
it's what I read on the, you know, a couple of things at WebMD and stuff. And they're like, eh, this is not, you yeah. know, good. So it's like, yeah, better to pay it to ask an expert and have them give you the, the okay or, or not. Yeah, so agreed. that's cool. Um, so you've good. Been doing, you've been doing a bunch of like, I'm seeing in the superhero channel, there's been some good stuff happening for you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I'm pushing hard. I'm really pushing hard. Um, I'm switching from defense to offense at this point. Okay. Um, where it before it was just, you know, losing the weight, you know, getting rid of some of the fat, get myself in, in a healthier, in a healthier situation. Right. And I think I've, I've kind of hit a lot of that. My body fat has gotten, gotten weighed, you know, it's not as low as I want it to be, but it's, you know, it's dropped significantly. I've lost what four and a half inches off my waist and I've been putting on muscle and my heart rate, get my heart rate down, everything like that. So now it's like, now I'm getting like excited. Now right. I'm like, Oh, this is getting fun now. Like first I was like, cause I didn't lift weights for the first five, six months. And then around May, I think around May, I started lifting a little bit. And, and for a while it's just kind of getting back into the groove you know, just trying to figure out what I wanted to work on, what I wanted to do, make sure I didn't have any injuries. And then it's been getting more and more sort of ambitious. And it's kind of like as you start, once you start succeeding, you start seeing improvement, then you get, then you're like, okay, okay, I can, I can, I can really um, do some damage here. And, um, you know, so that's been really fun. I mean, it's, it's like my, I feel my body's transform. I mean, I'm just looking in the mirror and I'm just like, yes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice. here we go and get back to my athletic shape and, um, you know, on, on the machines and stuff, like just starting to max out some of the machines interest in terms of how much weight they even have on it, which is kind of a cool feeling. And, um, yeah, I was, I, one thing I was thinking about on the whole, um, project superhero thing is you know i'm 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 kind of doing this sort of uh, cross training in a way because i have like five or six different goals right uh -huh. i mean one goal is to continue to improve my body composition i would like to get my body fat down to around 12 13 percent you know which for me will be an easy six pack i mean really fit um have no visceral fat so it's again getting rid of the visceral fat and the reason why that's important be like well jason what are you doing walking around the beach all day i mean why do you care it's like I store my fat as visceral fat in my gut, which is unhealthy. <laughs> right, right. So if I get down to 12, 13%, then if I ever fall off the wagon a little bit, I go, then I drop up to 185. No, I don't drop up to 215. Right. It's like, I want to be so far away from that. That's why it's, you know, just purely from a health pers you know, perspective, I just need to not have I need to keep my body fat low so I don't have visceral fat. You know, people who just have subcutaneous fat and they kind of blow up like a balloon, it's not healthy, but it's not as unhealthy as a visceral fat. Um, and then, of course, I'm trying to get my cardio, I'm trying to keep my cardiovascular, increase, improve my cardiovascular fitness, so keep my low, my VO, improve my VOT max and, and decrease my uh, resting heart rate. Um, because that's, those are like big time um, indicators in terms of like your longevity and long-term health. And, um, if you go, go, go listen or read to outlive Peter Tia's book or listen to him on YouTube and they talk about that all the time, right? If you have bad yeah. cardiovascular fitness, like that's, that's, that's maybe not as bad as having being obese, so but it's bad. You've also been doing the, like the, the stretching stuff or the, like the joint stuff. You were excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So that was kind of interesting. So like, this is part of me that's like, I want to get back to play basketball and soccer. Right, like my buddy Jack 
who's he's always like, ah, let's go play here, let's go play there. And he's he's still playing at extremely high level, right? He's my age and he's he was the guy he played professionally in Brazil. He's ridiculous. Ridiculous um athlete. And um I'm like, dude, I'm gonna pull a hamstring. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a cast. Like I can't, I know I'm gonna and so that so I wanted to get back to be able to play sports again and be able to yeah really compete, not just kind of dick around with bunch of old guys but really play um and play well without but developing injured but the other thing is like when i'm trying to do certain exercises my legs any any like single leg exercises i would like like a lunges or walking lunges or something i pull a hamstring or something yeah and i'm like this is this bullshit and so i started with this mobility program and uh, i've done it for a month there was the atg program and one of the the sort of the the main exercise, what I would consider the main exercise, is the split squat. And the split squat is is imagine you're standing one foot in front of the other by about a few feet, right? And then yeah. you lean forward, put all your weight. Uh, you put like eighty percent of your weight on your front foot, and you lean forward until you need to your knee goes all the way down so that your hamstring completely covers your calf. Yeah, you picture that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's really hard to do <laughs> if you're not young. Right. I mean, you take yeah. a 12 year old, they're like, no problem. Right. But you take an, you take an adult over 30 and it's not a lot of people can do that very well. And so do you put your hands on your knee as you lean forward? Um, not necessarily. You would just kind of put them on your hips, put them whatever. I don't okay. Know. But yeah. I, I, so initially I started, I had to put the front foot on top of an 18 inch box or a 12 inch, a six inch box on top of a 12 inch box. Because I couldn't, I didn't have the range of motion or flexibility. And then I, over the following week or two weeks, I got down to the 12-inch box, and then I got down to the 6-inch, and then I got down to the 40 a, a plate, and, now, yeah, and then on Friday, I got it down to all the way to the ground. And it was able to okay. do five sets of five. Although I had like a finger kind of on the wall or on a stand just to, just to make, give me a little bit of confidence that I had the stability. Um, but as you, but once you're able to do it with your body weight comfortably, then you got a bit like having dumbbells, heavier and heavier dumbbells. And if you really are are fit, you have a great range of motion, you might have like, you know, 200 pounds on your back, be able to do it, which is ridiculous. So it's called split squat. Yeah, split squat, ATG split squat. Okay. And so the ATG, you know, split squat doesn't, yeah, anyway, it's the ATG split squat. So it's like, you know, kind of okay. ass to grass kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm like I so I've I've talked to like three of my friends about it and they're like, "Wait, what is this?" I'm like, "Dude, you got to do this." So I have like Phil doing it, my buddy Chen's doing it, everybody Chris. I was talking to him yesterday and he's and um I'm like, "Trust me." I was like, "I'm only a month in. I can't grant I'm a month in. I haven't been doing this for but but this is Have you noticed any difference? Oh yeah. Yeah, like I what said, is, I couldn't do it? this thing. I mean, I I mean, I couldn't. Well, the couple things are like I ran down the stairs. I came down the stairs in the morning, and my knees that weren't stiff or hurt at all. Didn't hurt at all. <laughs> Just like ding ding. I was okay. like, whoa, wait, that's wait, this is so different. It's like it's functional. It's functional fitness as well. Ab that's what it is. Absolutely. And the, and I was funny. I was sitting on the couch, and I get up, and I I, I turn to Santa. I go, did you hear that? And she's like, what? I go, and she's like, nothing. My knees aren't didn't pop. There's no cracks or pops. <laughs> nice. So, um, so I have uh, so for me to be able to train hard with my legs, I have to increase the stability and mobility. Otherwise, I pull stuff. If I'm going to go right. play basketball, or soccer without getting injured, this is what I need to do. And the funny thing was, I was talking to, so I have three friends 
who are all com- still competing at a very high level, and they're all my age. My buddy Mitchell, who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo six days a week. Jeez. But he plays with, you know, and he does, he, 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 he rolls with younger guys. I mean, he's, and he's like, like super fit, like a six, I mean, he's like ridiculously fit. Right. And he may say, well, I'm, I've lost a step. I wasn't quite what I was in my twenties, but you'd look at him and you're like, that guy's like, you know, he's in his yeah. prime. Right. And, yeah. um, my buddy Chen, John Chen, I call him Chen. Um, he's the one who owns the tennis club. He's like, yeah. he plays tennis like every day for hours. He plays with all, he plays with college kids. I mean, he's, he's like, yeah, I'm going to try and go to level nine on the eight. It's, it's like not one of the highest level amateur semi-pro levels. He's like, I'm going to try and get to that level. So he's not like, he's not all these old guys. Well, you know, I still try and play once a week and try. No, he's like, I'm going to go, I'm going, you know. And then um, my buddy Jack, who I told you about, the who plays soccer, he, he just went down and he just like lit up like these 20 year olds, like good <laughs> college year. He could still light them up. He's 53. Jeez. I mean, he, if he, yeah. And, and I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm, I'm going back after this. I'm going to quit playing kind of defense. This is bullshit. And, but you know, one thing I, I, t- I talked to all of them, all three of them do mobility stuff on their own. And I go to, I go to Metro, I go, cause I asked him, I go, I, I said, have you heard, I, I mentioned the, it, and he's, oh yeah. I goes. He goes, yeah, I heard about that. I, I was messing around with some of that stuff. He's like, I didn't have time to do all the exercises, but I'd do some stuff similar to that. And I go, well, how long have you been doing mobility stuff? He's like, a couple decades. I'm like, a couple decades? <laughs> I'm like, so we were, we're supposed to have been doing this for the last couple decades? He's like, yeah. I'm like, God damn it, Metro. Like, why do you tell me I'm supposed to be doing this? And I asked my buddy Chad, I'm like, I'm like, do you do this stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, I stretch every night before I go to bed. I, I, sit, I sit on the floor and I do, I go through my whole routine. I'm like, what? And then Jack, and then Jack, my buddy Jack, does the same thing. He gets up, he gets up like five in the morning or four three in the morning, go rides his bike like an hour up in the mountains and a little stretch. I'm like, okay, so like apparently all three of you guys got this memo that in order to maintain your athleticism, you have to be doing a very structured and consistent mobility and flexibility program. I didn't, I haven't been doing that. I mean, I go and I do my ten minute like soccer warm up stretch, which is not. I mean, they, they're continuing. That's not the real deal. Yeah. Not the level that you need to be doing. And so that's why they're able, I think, I mean, they're all great athletes and they stay f- active, but you know, the fact is that they just really focused on this stuff where I wasn't. And then, so I started accumulating injuries and then I just was like, well, I'm still, I'm still quick and I'm still strong, but I just, I blow a tire every time I get out there and I play basketball and then it's like, pop, you know, I'm like, damn it, you know? And so and that's why I'm excited because I feel like, okay, I can, I can get back into this. So great. That's pretty so we'll cool. be, we'll be expecting uh, a drive towards dunking. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny cause I posted a few videos on discord about some of the, like weightlifting, you know, kind of like the bodybuilding stuff. There's a few funny channels that I watch. So I do, I focus, I do a little bit of the hypertrophy stuff, you know, for adding on muscle, but I'm most, more interested in building like raw strength and power. And because for me, ha- having been an athlete, like muscle that isn't like really functional or are really like, it's as we would joke, we call it all show, no go. So guys yeah. are with muscle, but they're not really that strong or they're not really that fast. It's just like kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's like, you know, you want to, as I say, what you want to do is you want to look strong, but be, be really fucking strong. Like people are like, holy crap. You know, you don't want to look like a dope, but you don't want to look like a big muscle bound. Oh, you get these, uh, I've, I've seen every now and again, these guys who just even just look skinny and then you see how strong they are. It's like, what the, 
Like, how yeah, do they yeah, even have that much strength? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and um, a lot of some of that is it's a lot of they that the tendon, ligament, strength, nervous system training. I mean, you can train in a way that really focuses less on muscle size, or at least you're getting the most out of your muscle. Like you think of muscle size as sort of potential muscle. It's it's a potential for strength, right? But and you are getting strong, but you you could be a lot stronger if you were training low lower reps and, and trying to max out strength or whatever. Because there's other there's other nervous system and tendons and things that are, are part of the part of it. So but being an athlete or former athlete, um those are things that I value more than just like you know str- you know you know big biceps being or something. Being bi- I mean you want to be I'm you glad- want to look you want to look like the the Greek warrior, <laughs> right? You want the Greek warrior look, right? <laughs> You don't want right. to look like a big muscle bound, like a Mr. Lane. Like, stuff looks ridiculous. You want to have, like, if you take your shirt, people go, oh, shit, you know? Um, but you don't want to look muscle bound. But then what you want is you want to just be extremely athletic and be very fast and explosive. At least that's what I want. I want to be fast and explosive. Um, I want to be able to play basketball and soccer and be able to do those things. And and training for a vertical jump is just a very convenient goal. It's sort of like but, a like a, like a grasshopper. Like, you, you need to be like that, like... Just all very lean, ve- like no, no superfluous weight that does anything other than just helps you get that dunk. <laughs> you know. Well, some of those, yeah, with. I mean, a lot of those dunkers, all those guys who are, I mean, they're really lean. I mean, they're really kind of skinny. Some of them are really skinny. You know, so I don't want to be quite that skinny. I think the, right. I think the best look is like the, um, kind of like the wide receivers or defensive backs in football. You know, they're, I mean, they're five five ten, one hundred eighty five pounds low body fat, super fast, jump high as hell. I mean, extremely athletic. Like that's, I think that for me, that's the ideal. I mean, okay. you talk to people who are distance runners or cyclists and they want to weigh 140 pounds and, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't look yeah. at a distance runner and go, I want to look like that. You know, it's like, yes, no. agreed. You want to look, I think like the sprinters, like if you look at like who have the best, like who look the most athletic and the, is, and the most impressive is like your 100 meter sprinters. You look at them and you're like, yeah, that's a thoroughbred. That's right. impressive. You look at the 800 meter runner or the maybe like the milers, and you're just like, yeah, that just looks like a guy who's skinny fat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, so that's exciting. The, the only thing I wanted to say about the whole um, before we leave the the project superhero category is I I sure. I, I, I I shared this one video um, on the Discord to this guy I think Isaiah Rivera who is in these like um, professional dunkers and he's like a young guy I think mid 20s or something like that. And he increased his vertical initially from 20 inches to 45 inches. And he had this video how he increased it from 45 to 50.5. So he's like the highest recorded vertical jump. So before he was actually getting his head above the rim. Now he gets like his entire head above the rim. Jeez. He's like 6'1". Oh my gosh. And um, what was interesting about it is you would think at 45 inches, like that's like the limit like michael jordan had a 48 inch vertical like the highest recorded at the nfl uh, at the uh, nba combine or something like that's like you can as good as it goes you can't you know it's like who's who's saying bolt or something like there's just a certain limit to how fast someone got you know anyway but what, what was cool about it is is in this particular video he's you know, he's going through a series of, he's changing, uh, you know, experimenting with new training protocols, you know, power, you know, developing strength, developing power, doing different plyometrics. And it just shows that if you stay on it and you keep working, there, there are weaknesses that can be improved. There are, there are, facil- you know, there are uh, 
abilities that can't that can't that can um there's room for improvement i guess and um and uh it's sort of inspiring when you see that you're like you know you just keep pushing and the other thing too is he had like some major injuries like he screwed up his back really badly once. I mean, like not not just like oh I'm out out for like you know he's hurt for like three days. It's like no for like six months he had to back off and Jeez. slowly build back. You know, was trained like he had major patella problems. He had um well a couple nasty ankle sprains that took him out for a long time. But you know, he just he come back and you work and you keep and and, and you know because you know I was saying before like you know the problem is that when you're trying to do athletic things in your 40s or 50s you're just getting injured all the time it's like you know guys in their 20s are injured all the time mm. right and i was talking to my buddy chris about this the other day and you know he's he's like a year older me he's always been really fit he does a lot of like the body weight exercise stuff and you know he's like and he's like yeah you know he's very concerned about injury and stuff and i said you know chris i used to be where you i used to think like that now i'm like it's just so demotivating for me he's playing defense you know, I just want to stay healthy. And it's, you know, yeah. it's so boring. Mm-hmm. It's just uninspiring. You know, we just, you know, make sure I'm healthy. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, you know, he was never a competitor. He was like a college athlete like I was. So maybe he doesn't have that same com- type of competitiveness that I have. I need a goal to get competitive. If I don't have a real goal, I just lose motivation. It's just like going to the, I gotta go to the gym and just run, do a bunch of crap, you know? Whereas if I have this crazy goal or goals, it just gets me super excited, super motivated. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and not take away from people who are like, you know, who are just like, Hey, I just want to avoid injury. And, stay healthy and feel good. Like, that's great. That's like, for most people, that's probably the best approach for them. And that's just how they're built. And I'm not built that way. I'm, I'm built. I'm just highly competitive and highly goal, goal oriented, very much goal oriented where a lot of people are just kind of process oriented. Like, I'm just going through the process and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, without a goal, I'm just like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? All right. Well, um, let's move on to another topic. All right. And um, I'll be time cop, as uh, Mark calls me. Lightwave? Um, well, I was going to say before Lightwave, um, I'll just say one thing. That it's the kind of thing that I think you'll enjoy me saying. Okay. Because you'll, you'll, uh, you'll probably make fun of me. But um, so Elon Musk reinsta- like put, put up a, a poll to say, should we reinstate Alex Jones mm-hmm. on Twitter? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I can't describe it, but I had like a visceral reaction to this. Like it's the first time he's done something that like really emotionally pissed me off. And I think I think it's because like the the the, the kind of Sandy Hook thing, for whatever reason, it, it, it creates a reaction in my soul, just that someone would do that, mm-hmm. you know, to sit say that about other people's kids. So it's like, you know what I did? I, I unsubscribed. Like I, I unsubscribed my paid plan. I was just pissed off. I just like I have got to do something to show that I'm irritated about this. So, um, but at the same time, I get that it's really, it's it's just it's just hardcore free speech ethic. So it's like my emotional feelings about this are like clouding my judgment about the basic concept of free speech. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, if, if you're not. If you're not willing to let people that you hate say things that you completely disagree with, then you don't believe in free speech. 
It's basically yeah. That's, so that's you don't pretty really much what I was thinking. Speech. You just want people <laughs> to who, who who you basically don't disagree with too much, you know, to be able to talk. Everybody else they can't talk. It's a great it's a great point. Like, do I I've I've been wondering. This is like sort of where you know, do I know myself? Like, do I believe in free speech? Like, I think I mean I think I do. But yeah, it's like it's it's tough. No, you'd really like to say well, you'd like to believe in it, but you don't. You'd like to you'd like to believe that you are. Right, as someone who believes in it, you like to think of yourself as a free speech advocate, which is like a lot of people. But that's the thing. It's like um, when the ACL, um, you know, this is a famous situation where they, um, the ACLU, who um, they fought for the Nazis to be able to uh, march through, I think it was Skokie, Illinois, which was a very Jewish area. And I think the guy who was running the ACL was Jewish himself. He's like, yeah, if we believe in free speech and civil rights, we have to allow the, the, these these Nazis to walk through and you know that was sort of that set that set the bar. It's like okay, that's what free speech means is the people you hate can say what they want. Now here's the thing: one thing you always have to remember is that anything that you're stopping certain people from doing now, they are eventually going to do to you, right? So if it's like, well, I don't want people to do this, I want to do that. It's like, well, wait, wait till wait till you're at, wait till the people who you're more aligned with are out of control out of power and that is going to be used against you and so when you're setting up rules and laws you kind of remember what if i was on the other side right it's sort of like an example of i think like a great example is this is like um this was years ago and someone called up with some like talk show or somewhere and someone said something about there was some i'll use an example but it was like some college guy was accused of date rape let's say i think i don't know what that was a date rape of some female and someone's called that they should throw him into into jail for life right and it's like well right. what if that son what if that was your it was your son right 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 and so or um you know, so you, you know, or, or what you flip side, you have to imagine that it was your daughter, and then you have to imagine it was your son. And you have to be like, okay, well, what really happened? Is my son being thrown in jail? Maybe he didn't do anything. Just because a girl claims something didn't mean that that's what happened, right? In the Me Too thing, there was like upwards of 10% of the kids were, were false accusations, proven to be false accusations, right? And so you have to be careful, A, that things are, that, um, accusations aren't necessarily what actually happened. That happens all the time. But the other thing is, in these legal cases and situation, you kind of have to imagine yourself, okay, what if it was my son? What if it was my daughter? And um, in, if you do that, and you have to remember, when you're out of power, you're in control, you're on their side, how you're going to feel. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine who's um, very, very right-wing, and he was like, and I was in some argument about this, this is like, 20 years ago or 15 years ago and and um this is when i think bush was still in office and he was like he was like very much sort of like patriot act kind of the surveillance and what like he he didn't have a problem with that stuff right you know the the no fly list the put on a terrorist watch list the you know the mass surveillance the 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 cia dark side all that kind of stuff and i said well uh how do you feel about that when uh, Hillary has those powers? <laughs> yeah, right. 
And he it's just true. had this look on his face like he had never thought about that. I was like, how, how's that going to make you feel? How comfortable are you going to feel then? And it totally, like, he had no response, and it literally, his, his face almost went white. It was so funny. <laughs> and But I think like, people just don't think about this stuff. And, you know, you can be like, well, you know. And that's why we say, like, you know, um, you know, for instance, a lot of the the, the sort of college, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like the, I don't know what's real, but they're, they're sort of like date rape, or they're sort of like these sort of sexual assault and they, and they got this sort of kangaroo court stuff where, you know, you, you know, you don't have to, you can't confront your accuser and people aren't given um, due process and all this kind of stuff. And I said, well, the one thing that's going to stop it is moms of the sons that are going to be accused. Those are going right. to, those are the people going to stop it. Those are the people going to say, hey, 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 this is not, there's no due process here. This is not fair, you know whatever because everyone's like oh yeah you know it's like but if it's your daughter right if your daughter was raped or assaulted you'd be furious right the, you'd be furious you'd want you'd want this person to be punished to the nth degree so it's like you kind of have to you have to take if a you turn on each side fully know whether it was them or not you yeah. don't know either way so, um, but you just not only do you not know what's true obviously we never really know what's true it's just we have present evidence on both sides and you know you kind of have to hear, hear, hear what likely happened but at the end of the day you just have to put yourself on both sides and just remember Whatever rules you're setting up, you're going to be on the other side at some point. And if you say, well, I don't like any of these, um, you know, these, these right-wing conspiracy theorists on there, it's like, okay. Well, guess what? A lot of left people, at a certain point, a lot of left-wing people who are saying things that are left-wing conspiracy theory, who you might say, I kind of like those people. I don't know if I agree with everything they say, but I kind of like them. They're all censored. Yeah, you make some good points. Yeah, I mean, just because somebody's on there that you disagree with doesn't mean you have to listen to them. No, I don't have to. I don't have to. I mean, there are a few people who are in, who are are followed by or follow people I follow, and then occasionally I'd see stuff and I'm like, God, I can't see them. I just block them. It's like, okay, I just they're so annoying. It's like just block them. People yeah. don't pay attention to them. There's yeah. a channel on TV you don't watch. Just don't watch it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Um, so I thought you might. Uh, get a, get enjoyed that uh, the, you know telling me <laughs> telling me why why that was a silly thing to do um all right so do you want to talk about lightweight i would love to hear about it well first of all sorry i'm chewing some ice um probably <laughs> not good radio um i really i just say i really enjoy using it it's a pleasure to use oh, oh fantastic so so you've been using the what have you been you, you well i like been, okay, the things that i like i really i mean i well, I like a lot of things. I mean, I love the just the general um, how easy and quick it is to edit stuff and structure with indent and outdent and move stuff around up and down with hotkeys. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff is great. And I used to create even I would create like a show notes. I'd go and I'd sometimes I'd put it in a text document or sometimes I'd open a Google. I'd open like a like I'm going to write an email and I would just use the email editor to kind of make stuff. Now I just I now I have show notes and I just do it in Lightwave, right? And, um, the, 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 the things that I, so that obviously I use the hierarchical, um, aspect of it a ton because information is, tends to be hierarchical. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal that, that, and then they can move stuff up and down. That's a big deal. The hyperlinks is huge. The hyperlinks is huge. That's helped. Um, 
the I, I use a bullet every once in a while, which is cool. I use that for the first time. I'm like, yeah, that's, I said, I said, now I think about it. I'm like, yeah, he was right about that. Before I was like, ah, screw that, the formatting. I was like, yeah, I've come around to it. I was thinking to myself, yeah, Justin was right. The formatting, be able to make some things bold or whatever is is useful. Um, again, I like I. So those are th- those things are fantastic. Um, uh, the uh, block or what's it called? The um, code block, the code stuff. Fact, yeah, that's really cool. Um, love that. You've used it for you've used it. Yeah, yeah. I use it for stuff. I, I SQL queries that I have. I've paid with different SQL queries, and then I, and then of course you can I, because you can collapse them because you can have a bunch of queries. Because normally yeah. if you paste a bunch of queries in a text document, the text document is huge. You have all these queries, and it's hard to find them. Yeah. But since you can collapse them, you can have like forty queries, and they're all collapsed. And you just click it, boop, and it opens up, and then there's your query. Did you use the command period to collapse? To expand collapse stuff yet? I've never used that. No, that's not in that. my repertoire of. Have you done um, like have you had enough where you search for something? Mm-hmm, but done that. I don't use that. Still, still haven't had to search for something. Okay, I cool. haven't really done that. Yeah, I haven't really used that. Okay. I use it more for um, organizing Math Academy to do items and things I got to keep track of. It's like okay, here's a bunch of emails we need to create, or here's features, or here's a bunch of related bugs. I'm kind of moving stuff around, and then I do it for like. For a lot of this workout stuff, stuff I'm following, I'm like, oh, that's a good video. Here's some three. There's three really cool exercises, oh, okay. and then yeah. I'll kind of, and then I can kind of have the video title with the link in it, and then I underneath it, I can have a list of some of the exercises. So when I quickly go, I'm like, oh right, that was the you know the split squat RDL, blah blah blah, you know, and I have a quick list of them of things that I got out of those videos. It's like um, so some of the things that it's doing, like for example. The times when it's not popping the format the format box up because you're moving around quickly mm-hmm. and it it sort of knows how to do that. It's like it's like how when you when you look at your arm, you don't think to yourself, "Oh, I don't have I don't have a wound." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you just think, "Oh, I'm just glad that my arm is normal." Right. <laughs> and so it's like that. There's there's a bunch of things in there that are like that. It's like you don't exactly notice that it's helping you, but it kind of is in a way that it's just not being annoying yeah like i said i mean i i I noticed i said i should i made a mental note of it i should tell justin this is a pleasure to use right it's a pleasure to use because it's not annoying because it does the things (laughs) i want to do it's fast and it's not annoying you know um I still get annoyed with the nav. I still don't know how. Oh, the, it no, the nav doesn't. Is, uh, the, yeah, I go I, every uh, so, time I look so, at it, I'm like, I thought it was a command shift. It's not. It's not I'm going to circle it. back. I'm going to circle back and do a really good job. So basically, what I'm thinking is the right hand side is just going to be really good, and then I'm going to move into the whole dragging piece, and then that's going to be it's going to be beautiful. Like it's going to be perfect. Yeah. But right now. I'm just, it's just on hold and it's annoying the shit out of me as well, by the way, all the time, every day. Yeah. So it's, I'm not giving you a hard time. I'm just saying that's the only thing where I just go, ah, but, um, you know, the, you, you know, well, we can get on to other stuff later, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just see? say again: the collaboration again is like even if, if you collaboration is key, even yeah, if you do, even if you could do like a level one collaboration where it's like, okay, Jason is actively editing this, and if he stops editing it or goes to the thing after ten seconds, it leaves control. Nobody has control over it. Maybe just like control, they someone can do it. But if like, let's say that Justin and I are you know working on the thing, and it could show. 
Jason is currently editing this document. And then if I don't type something within 30 seconds or a minute, then it's then anyone can type it. something stupid like that. It wouldn't like need that. to be 30 seconds. It could be literally three seconds yeah. or even two seconds. Well, I'm just saying you know? like, I, I'm just like, even that would even be better. But I'm just like, even if it was like a 30 second thing, like you don't have to make this super like real time. Yeah, yeah. It's just I know. that, but that would be so useful. I mean, then I would be, then I would be, telling Justin and Alex like hey and, and Sandy like let's use this to collaborate on these things because we don't really have anything good for that we're going to be moving to that real soon I um I'm going to be once I've got this once I've got the math then I'm going to be putting in the rest of the styling which is the headers and the bullets and that's not going to take long mm -hmm. because it's just that's just literally CSS mm -hmm. styling and adding adding new block types and then I'll be moving to the collaboration um so couple of uh, rabbit holes that I've gone down since I last spoke to you. One of them was the the command arrow left and the command arrow right. You said to me, eh, that's not working the way that I'm used to. It's it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Like so so I don't know why, but for some reason in in my content editable, the way that I had done it, when you pressed it, it was like going to the beginning of the entire block or the end of the block. But I did I tried it around on all the all the other editors and like. Any piece of text that you're in, whether it's a paragraph or whether it's a line, when you press command left arrow, it just takes the cursor to the beginning of that one line. That's right. And I'm like, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to work. So went deeper into this rabbit hole and um, realized, okay, I'm, you know, if I really need to control this, I'm actually going to need to kind of control the way that the I beam, the because I'm I'm building my own cursor yeah. from the ground up because I want it to be pretty. Mm -hmm. I want it to be two pixels thick and not right. one pixel thick. Right. Um, so I figured out how to build a system where at any one time I can say, all right, where is the I-beam right now? What position, what character position is it in the document? Is it, you know, character position mm -hmm. uh, 100? So then what it does is it, it this function goes ahead and looks at all the characters before it and after it and calculates their x y position and then c you can do something like say okay uh, send me to the character with the x y position that's the furthest away on this line mm -hmm. so that solved that problem that's how i solved that problem but that work was like really deep mm -hmm. like fully solving the being able to get an x y position of any character on the screen right without doing spans without doing invisible diffs off the screen all that kind of stuff so, and it was slow and it took, it took like three days of just focused effort to the point now where, and you've, you, you already know this, so I'm just sort of telling you what, mm -hmm. already, what you've already seen on Discord, but basically I can have like a, 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 a block of text that's 200,000 characters big and I can find out the XY coordinates of like character 197,456. I can find out the XY coordinates of that within half a millisecond. And then I can place the I-beam cursor there. So basically, it's just working pretty much as fast as a regular browser is. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is, is that I, I can um, do what Google Docs do, which is they actually put the I-beam cursor of each person on the document so you can see exactly what letter they're, mm -hmm. they're typing in. And this was one reason why Google moved away from the DOM. Mm -hmm. They moved to Canvas because it was like difficult. They, I don't know if they couldn't figure it out, but I think they, they, for whatever reason, they, they decided it was too difficult or too slow or something. 
So it's been great to actually figure out how to solve that issue. It's made that's made me feel good inside. You know, wait, that the Google guys found this difficult, and this was a reason that they they didn't use DOM. And I figured it out. You know, I figured it out. That's right. So I felt good yeah. about that. Yeah, that's awesome. So that um, that so that's. So that's laid the foundation for other things to be easy, like so the collaboration. Collaboration, it's length. Yeah, it's, it's it means that when you when when you guys are in the document, it's not just going to do what Notion does, which is like put Notion just puts a picture of a person's face at the beginning of the paragraph that they're working in. You know, I actually going to show the exact character position that the person is. You know, see, okay. Remember, remember conversation. Well, you know, to compete with Notion, you got, you know, I gotta raise, get venture fund, need a proper venture funding, get to hire all these people, get all these developers. What a bunch of fucking bullshit! <laughs> See, you're doing it. I told you you could do it. I knew you could do it, and you're doing it right. You're got a <laughs> I lot. Guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it, I I feel like this idea that you gotta have all these developers, you gotta have all this money. It's just, it's just a. It's just wrong, but it's also like an excuse. If you just usually it comes down to like one or two smart, dedicated, resourceful people who say, We're just going to make this work. We're going to figure this out and make it work. And you can do it. And um all these people and all this money and all this stuff usually just I think ultimately a lot of times creates worse products, right? Like his notion couldn't even do what you're doing, right? Right. I'm, I mean, they, they, they. I'm sure they could if they really put their mind to it. Especially now that they've the existence proof of of what. Well, I they're not going to notice you. They won't pay, give you any. They, ah, it's some yeah. little bullshit. But I mean, some developer was messing with it, and they told his manager, "Oh, it's just not really possible." And the manager is like, "Huh? Okay. Well, I guess you're true." You know, and they just like, and then it goes floats up the chain into their VP of product, and they all decide, "Well, like, yeah, well, this is as good as going to get because I talked to the guys working on it, and he's." He agreed, and he said, "This is the real best it's going to get." And it was like some guy just kind of gave up. I mean, maybe they didn't want to do it. Maybe they just didn't. Maybe they thought it was too much information, you know, TMI to show the little cursor there. I mean, knows? but other things you were showing me the math, like like the refresh. Yours doesn't yeah. flash, and there's flashes. Yeah. Like there are other problems. Yeah. And I think what happens is that since it's your product. You're chief of product. You're the engineering manager. You're the developer. You're everything. Like, um, you care about the quality. You're not just working for a salary and, you know, trying to keep your manager happy. You really, really care about the ultimate quality of this product. And so you'll put in the extra time and you, you but, to, 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 to make stuff work the way that it would work, ideally work if, if, if you could, if at all possible. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like, do they care? Like, do, do other people care about those things? That's what I, that's what I, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, um, that it's just the taste that I have cares about it for whatever well, yeah. reason. Well, that's part you of know, it. I care about those weird things. Well, the, I think, um, the guy, I can't remember his name, the guy who did the blog daring fireball. And he made this comment and he said that the, the, the design of a product is limited by the taste of the CEO, which, you know, and yeah. even using, for example, Gates, Bill Gates versus Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs has very, uh, high, has great taste. And so therefore he is not going to accept anything less than what he thinks is great. He's just not good enough. Where Gates yeah. just can't see anything of anything above a certain level all looks the same to him. 
Yeah, exactly. So you have a certain level of, you have bars at a certain level higher. So that that could be part of it. It could be the, the, the VP of product or the product manager or the CEO. They just don't have enough taste to understand that this is still not slick enough. This is not good enough. But it, it could also be, like I said, they are also not the developer. So they have to take the developer's word for it when the developer says, this is not possible. This is too hard. We can't make it work this way. It's a limit of the technology. And eventually they're like, okay, fine. Well, this is probably good enough, I guess. I was thinking about this. It's like, you know how Musk is always talking about we, we want to break down the silos in the organization. Mm-hmm. And we want we like we get the designers to work on the production line so that you can see when you design how painful it is for the people who have to implement it. And so I was thinking about this like when you are one person building your own product, there's no silo because it's all in your own brain. <laughs> so there's literally no silo and you are you're the designer, you're the implementer, you're the creator. But also you do ha- you do get to fully experience the pain of like of like fighting with yourself. You know, it's like, okay, I really want I really want to be able to make this move to the left-hand line like Jason wants, which does seem such a banal thing to do, but it's like, okay, I'm going to it's going to take 3 days to do this because I just don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway because I really want that, right? So it's like this this fight, this internal fight well, you have. You have um I mean, you're 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 like a, a you know, dog with a bone. Like you just <laughs> I mean, really, you, you don't give up, right? You just um you just will stay on it and um but that's really what it takes to create anything great, is that you have to just stay on it and say it's still not good enough. You just gotta keep pushing. You just you know, when you walk away and give up easily then you're just you're you're doomed to have a very mediocre even worse product so um that's why i always have faith like if it's it's like you know justin may not do it in the most like science you know computer science you know optimal way but he'll figure he'll make it work right like he'll he'll get it working (laughs) and that's what's important because at the end of the day nobody really cares it's it's very rare that you have to build it's it's very rare that the back end that how things are designed or architecture matters that much it's like oh geez if we wrote this a certain way it would take a a one core to do it but because it's written so poorly we have to have you know 10 computers and 40 cores cranking away on this like that does happen in certain cases but you know this is not those things and so and so when you get to those situations we're like well this is really really um inefficient we need to look about trying to think through this in a more um advanced way but this kind of stuff it's just staying on it so all right well so just wrapping up um i worked so the work that i've been doing to get the math working for you is working on a generalized embed engine so it's basically any I wanted to make it so that any character on the page can be considered to be an embed. So it could be a YouTube video, it could be math, like it could be uh, MathJax or KTEX as I'm using. And but I still wanted it so that you could, with the cursor, move up to that thing, move the flashing, the blinking cursor in front of it, hold down Shift, select it, and treat it like text. So it was just fully operational, like text, because I want everything, you know, the joy of text. That's the whole point. So. Um, there was a lot of work that went into that to basically create this generalized embed engine. Um, but I'd finished that um, a few days ago. And so since then, I've been working on the actual uh, putting the math in itself. And I'm getting pretty far, but there still are a bunch of, you know, just finicky interactions that I want to get exactly right. Um, but I think probably I'm going to say like two or three days. And I think I'll have have the whole thing, which is going to like just be an upgrade on a number of different levels. I'll have that out 
I'm ready for you to play with. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the the the, the animated gifts that you posted about the math, the inline and the block math was amazing. Looked great. Well, I oh you like well, it? Yeah, I mean, it looked amazing. I mean, the 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 thing that really struck me was how fast it was. I'm like, you know, crap, maybe I need to switch to K Tech too. I mean, I, you know, because oh, let me show that K because I never I've never used it. I never really play with it. Do you do you just serve the uh, library up locally? Do you just have a copy of the of the of the JavaScript library, the K Tech library, or or is it from a CDN? Exactly. Yeah, the whole thing the whole thing goes in the in the browser. So it's it. Well, no, actually, I am using a CDN, but. You wouldn't need to. It's very small. Like it's it's comparatively yeah, small. Yeah. See, the problem it. with uh, MathJax is it's very it's a very complicated um, system of, of files that are served up from a CDN. So it's really hard to serve it locally. And so they just say, use a CDN. But then I get complaints every once in a while. It's like, yeah, my uh, my the math isn't rendering. I have all these dollar signs everywhere. Kids are like, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, well, try refreshing. Try to do a hard refresh. Maybe just give it 15 minutes. I mean, it's like I can't do anything about it. Right, it's like you know. The other thing, I I did, I really didn't want post rendering. Like I didn't want this idea where you hook into an event and then the page loads and then it post renders it. Like I wanted, I want the page every time to be able to fully load itself in line in one go. So you you can pass that, and I, I, you, I think you said that MathJax can do this anyway. But I just wanted to do this, and it was really fast. So when it when it draws the page, it literally just looks at the nodes. It looks at the text in the node. It shoves that into the into the, the KTEX library and just spits out HTML. And it's just like very one, synchronous. It's so one. fast it can be synchronous. It's just it's just yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take a hard look at KTEX because that might be a better yeah. um, solution than what I'm using. But I noticed that in some of your stuff, in some of your math stuff, there's charts and stuff. That's not that's right? not MathJax. Okay. So good. that so okay. what we do is when you. When we paste like what we call a LaTeX document, so they have like a start and end sort of markup, right? And yeah. that stuff gets cut out, sent to the server, rendered into a PDF, pushed out to a PNG, link sent back to the server, it loaded. All this magic happens. So then you see these 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 graphs and diagrams. It yeah. looks like so it's, that's not even MathJax. No, no, it's all in the server side. What what is that? That's just server side. Uh, you know, uh, LaTeX engine. So, so, so MathJax can't do that no, then, for example. No, MathJax can't do any of that. Oh, okay. Can't do any okay, diagramming or anything that I'm aware of now. I mean, that would oh, be amazing if we could, but no, that's why I built that system, whatever, six, seven years ago to do that. Okay. Otherwise, how do you, how do you, show, really a good how do you show a graph of a parabola or something? Okay. So, so, cause I was worried that, I was worried that like this, the, the KTEC would not do a whole bunch of stuff that you you had needed when because I'm imagining that this is going to be useful for you and Justin and um, Alex to like talk through math you know stuff equations and things if it's collaborative but like it would suck if it only if it only supported fifty percent of the math yeah that you, no that would suck yeah. but I don't think that's yeah. I, I think it's going to the issue do better than that okay good yeah yeah so um so then okay just just final final wrap up on this. Um, obviously I'm, because now I'm doing components, I've got like the, that pop-up style thing. I've got the pop-up link thing, and now I've got the pop-up math thing. So I've had to, this is another chunk of things like, cause I'm not using any libraries. I've had to like really think it through. Okay. Now I'm doing components. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how am I going to do, how am I going to do components? Mm -hmm. And it's like thinking it through and like. Because of course, like I've done three, and they're all totally fucking different. Mm -hmm. And I and it's like, 
why did I do it totally different? Like they all do the same thing. They all just pop on on screen and and that and that's something else that I'm going to need to circle back to. And so don't worry about it. Anything about the bounds, the out of bounds positioning, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Just I know it's going to go off screen. You can just deal with that for the moment. I will circle back and I'll fix it probably at the same time as I fix the left hand now. Sounds good. Not and a big that's, problem. That's... Not a big issue. I mean, I see that thing pops up when I'm at the top line and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's still usable. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like a... Yeah. Okay, one one question about Lightwave. Um, Gabe, who is... I knew um... you were going to bring this one up. <laughs> <laughs> and I know what you're going to say. Gabe says, a lot of stuff you share in this in the, in the Discord is pure gold, showing the thinking process feedback behind it to start building. Should... Uh, have you considered regularly sharing this unpolished progress publicly in blog or on Twitter? What do you think? To build, to build, um, like to to begin to build an audience. Yeah, awareness. I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, he's he makes a fair point, right? I mean, we've that has been. There are pros and cons to building in public. I mean, it has worked for some people. When Repelde being the original, um, yes. you know, at least in Web two O land. But we're very long in the tooth of the building in the public movement at this point. Yeah. I mean, my my concern for you is that you might just get really distracted by the marketing stuff. And it's like, you know, so you find, so you pick up 30 potential beta users over six months because they're like, ooh, this is kind of neat. And how many times are you interacting with them and emailing back over them and texting with them? And how much of that time, if you had just spent that, that would have meant, you know, a 20 new features that would have meant collaborations working that would have meant navi but you spend all this time dicking around trying you know because a it's a very unfinished product yeah and so people always questions what about this what about that and then you're like well no exactly like i i did i let someone i let someone in i sorry i don't remember um your name uh, right now but i let someone in and of course the first thing is well oh what doesn't it do this and i'm like it, yeah, it's, it doesn't do that yet. It doesn't do it doesn't do a whole bunch of stuff yet. Like it's just, it is really not ready for public release. I I I, I, like, I wouldn't do it. I think you just have to look at how it would affect you. There are certain people that it might be okay. I think for you, it it would be a, a different kind of rabbit hole that would just suck. That's why I was worried about you. Say, well, I'm just going to go and start marketing it before it has collaboration. I'm just like, that's a bad idea. I think, I think the um sort of the the Gmail approach when Paul Buhait said that, you know, he just had a handful of friends working on it and using it and he would just go back and forth to them until they were happy. And eventually once he had that, yeah. they went to the the he presented it to like the executive team or whatever and, you know, with the idea of like, is this a product we should pursue? Should we release it? And uh, Eric Schmidt, who was the then CEO, said, I want you to get a hundred people in the company who say they love it, then we'll uh, release it. So I would recommend just keeping it to me and you. And if there's a one or two other people who are through whatever, whoever on the tech and text or on the discord are like supportive and excited and interested and aren't demanding all kind of weird idiosyncratic things that are just going to kind of annoy you and, and distract you, then just do that. And because between, just between the two of us, we'll find yeah. 98% yeah. of the issues. If you I and I are both really happy with it, that's be pretty, it'll be a pretty capable piece of software. I, I don't think anyone else is using it to the same. I mean, possibly um, Sewell is, but um, but I haven't heard from him for like months at this point. 
But I, I, I use it every day, I dude. Think I, I use it every day. I use it every. I mean, it, it's like I I use the s out of it. I, I really What's the really s? use it. Shit. <laughs> you use. <laughs> Watch the language there, Justin. <laughs> yeah, I'm just because when Jack's I'm around, I, yeah. But um, yeah, no. So I do. I use it, and I've got like, I've got six thousand nodes in it. Um, this I, I something else I built real into it is that if you click on the in the version number, it shows you information about it, like how many nodes you're using, how much memory mm. it's taking up. This is the kind of stuff that that is just you know well, important for me to know. Here, here's the thing: the the the, the most important thing, I, things that I think are worth the paying attention to, are that you're getting enough feedback that you know that you're working on the right things. Okay, so that's important, and I think. But since you and I are both using it, um, for a lot of stuff, we're, we're you know we're focused on these core things, speed, flexibility. There has to be a certain amount of configuration stuff or collaboration. There has to, you know, you know, whatever the stuff, get all that stuff working. Um, I think that's enough. That's enough. You don't need a bunch of people. I mean, I'm just, I was thinking like, because I, because, because of the horse that you are, when I release collaboration, you will literally force your organization to use it. Mm-hmm. I know that. So Sandy will be using it. Justin will be using it, yeah. and that that there's enough people. Like Sandy will tell you everything that she's annoyed. She's about. like, "Why? I just shared it. Why is it not? Uh, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. Okay. It's going to be so. So I, I'm very quickly going to be able to find out the things that annoy the shit out of your small team, and I think that will be representative. Yeah, it will you be because you'll so, have you'll yeah. have um if, if Alex and Yuri use it, you'll have some yeah. heavy duty um LaTeX, you know, yeah, usage. Exactly. Justin is it uses. I mean, Justin is. I'm horrible at writing stuff down. He's like writes everything down. He's like, he's like amazing. So he like he just have documents and documents stuff. You're like, wow, all this stuff conversation we have, they're all written down. Oh yeah, of course. You know, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, he'll use it. And, so the search, he'll he'll probably yeah. get me into the search. I mean, Justin's like a yeah. power user for that kind of stuff. And and Sandy, you know, Sandy is like, I get like post-it notes, right? right. So she's gonna be like, all right, like don't write like. <laughs> Um, so she'll be sending, she'll be like, okay, putting stuff. I, or I created a document. I do this. Here's a list of the features that here's the priority thing for the credit card stuff that we need to upgrade. Cause this is what's burning all my time with customers and that she'll have all these things, right. Or here are 20 articles from the Fordham Institute and this and that. Like she has all this information sharing, but we don't have a real repository and stuff. So she'll be using that stuff. Um, I think, yeah, it'd be great. So, but here's the thing though. So that's important that you have enough people using it. To, to to get to 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 point to any problems or to or any obvious shortcomings, but but yeah. what you don't want to do is get distracted, and 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 yeah. and and the more people you deal with, the more distracted you get. More just more email, like, even if it's on Discord. Oh, sorry, I work on this or this. Back and forth and back and forth. You know, it's just more bullshit that's just going to get in your way, and um, um, that's a problem. And I think if you're having if you're happy. I mean, think of it as just the enjoyment factor. Are you happy in, in building the product and working on it, and you're making and you're making good progress? Yes, then don't change anything. Right. Like you're in the zone, man. Like just don't change anything. Don't get distracted. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you can keep doing, making the progress you're making for the next, you know, year. I mean, I'm not saying it'll be a year before we release it, but I mean, just the may the product will be incredible, right? Yeah. 
No, I agree. Just stay and, on and, it. and I'm happy I'm happy for it to take yeah. a year and I've discussed it with Georgie and you know we've 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 discussed it at length and um Oh, so you're talking about this, this with Georgie. Yeah, we yeah, we're we're she's 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 behind it. Okay. Yeah, she's behind it. Yeah. Oh. Because because of the direction we're going in and it's making sense and you know I showed her the math stuff and she's like she can see that it's doing real things, you know. Yeah. It's like it's not just it's not just to-do list. Text. It's not just a to-do list anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So I think I think I won't um do that. I think I'll just keep doing it on the on the Discord as I've been doing and then that's just to let just to talk to you guys and it's all just very organic and sort of internal. Yeah. I just wouldn't and don't I, mess you know, with I'm, success. You're succeeding, yeah, don't mess. Exactly. Um, Gabe, Gabe he brought up it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's something that's worth it's considering. Um, yeah. it's a good faith suggestion. It probably works for a lot of people, a lot of teams. I just think in your particular situation, knowing how easily you could get distracted with and falling down the marketing hole and the blogging stuff, I'm just like, ah, it just sounds really risky to me. Sounds risky. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I just cannot describe how much I love this series and the writing by Douglas Adams. It is so good. And especially what I what I like, the thing that really, really amuses me about it is he will say the same thing like four times in a row in slightly different ways. He'll sort of say he'll sort of say something like Yeah. So he'll say something like, um be, uh, you know, Jason Jason might have been feeling upset about the fact that that Bill did such and such. And as it turns out, Jason was feeling upset about the fact that Bill did such mm-hmm. and such. <laughs> and, it's like, and, and, then, and he might even say a third version. And I was wa- sort of wondering why, you know, that's so weird, like, that he does mm-hmm. that. And, it's, and so I did a little bit of research about him. And apparently he was incredibly unprolific. He was just like, like getting him to do the work that, like, the work mm. was just like, flogging a horse his at one time his editor like locked him in a hotel room for three weeks <laughs> to, to finish <laughs> to finish um the, the the so long and thanks for all the fish and i think though i think what happened was he was like he was just like okay i just need to pad this out with words god that's funny <laughs> so that's why he's doing it but it it's it reminds me of how like some of these genius genius genii like mozart or, genie or douglas I. adams <laughs> like like mozart was just you know paid to create this work like also just like make it do it do it and he creates this amazing work under this this you know situation where he's just being paid like five bucks to create stuff right. and all of a sudden it's like the most important that's the same with douglas adams i wonder i wonder how many you know how much of the amazing work that we've had in the world just become just comes from people just working for a crust <laughs> you know it's not like working for a crust you know working for the money you know it's mm-hmm. just like just just doing the work just having to to like work for money even though what they're doing is creating these amazing art mm-hmm. uh, that's all i have to say about so you're love loving it so um i don't know i don't have a lot to say about that other than well, the question is: So you had read this before when you were a kid, right? 
No, I never, never read, read it. I Hitchhiker's saw, Guide. I saw it because on on because we oh, had because Hitchhiker's saw the movie. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy started as a radio show. Douglas Adams wrote it as mm-hmm. a radio show, and then it became a BBC TV show, mm-hmm. and then it became a book. So it wasn't a book in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't hear it on radio. I just saw it on TV, and I was kind of vaguely interested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was a little bit cheesy because the 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 Beeblebrooks guy. Mm-hmm. You know, one of his heads was just so obviously just a fake head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't have the CGI. Right, you know? right, 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 right. But uh, no, I mean, I did enjoy it, but um, not you know, not as much as I've I've enjoyed the whole series. Now it's fan, it's just fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually need to I need to find some uh, audio books to read. I've kind of there's some science fiction books I'm thinking about. Um, I can't, oh, you you got to you got to listen. You got to read or listen to. I read those. I read whole, those back in the day. The foundation. Oh, the foundation series. No, no, not foundation. The um, Ian M. Banks ones. Ian M. Banks. Yeah. Yeah, the culture. The culture. The culture series. Okay. Yeah, by Ian M. Banks. You have to. It's it, you'll love okay. it. It's okay. so good. Okay. But it, it, even Veraptor extolled the virtues of it. Player of games, and it's like. Elon Musk obviously loves it because he names half of his, his or whatever the half of his half of his boats and his rockets and his stuff out you know out of char- after characters from that okay. series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do actually. That's probably going to be my next thing after this is going to be to find out the chronicle chronological order of the culture series and start at the beginning mm-hmm. and just go through the whole thing. Okay. Cool. So you want to talk uh, Math Academy? Yes, please. So let's see what I got in my notes. I got to look in the light wave because that's where I keep all my notes. <laughs> um, well, I don't have a ton. So what else? I, I've been um, currently working on getting free response into quizzes. So I had that in all this other stuff, and I just realized I didn't have it in quizzes. It was kind of funny. We were talking about it, and someone said, and I think it was Justin or somebody mentioned that I didn't have it. And I was like, wait, I don't finish that? <laughs> so I was like, I had to go do that. Um, the... Um, mm-hmm. We're, what we're Sandy and I are going to do is come up with kind of a strategic plan for the year. Over the holidays, we're going to work on like what are what are we really going to try and achieve? Like what features are we going to roll out? In what order? Really, kind of go through and because there's we have a huge list of things we could do. What's going to move the needle the most for the most people? How much how how much effort is going to take to build these things? You know what we're going to do from a marketing standpoint. So that's kind of. Um, a big a big to do item um so the other big thing so justin has been working on uh so we started with a document called the the science of math academy did we ever talk about this mm-hmm. yeah vaguely yeah so like you know we have all this there's a lot of um intellectual sort of um infrastructure to what we're doing stuff with distributed practice and and um interleaving and layering and deliberate practice and mastery-based learning and all these things, automaticity, all these things that are critical to optimizing a student's learning process that we've integrated into how the system works, that drives how the, what the system does and why it's able to do it. It does as efficiently as it does. And, and there's a ton of scientific research, academic research, that has demonstrated that each of these things are really powerful. And not only yeah. that, but that it is, they are virtually ignored by the educational institutions. Mastery-based learning, not done. Distributed practice, not done. 
mixed review, almost never done. You know, deliberate practice, not done. Like, they don't do any of these things. And, um, and which the, the research always thrown up their hands, like, ah, it's just, it's, it's, you know, ridiculous. And this has been going back 20, 30, 40 years. And so I asked Justin to write some of this stuff up. And I said, Hey, like we need, ultimately we need to put web pages on the web, on the, uh, on the site that go into each one of these. Someone says, well, what is distributed practice? Well, we can't just have a paragraph about it. Like we really need to go into it. Yeah. Not only that, we need to reference the original studies. And now the original yeah. studies, we need to pull out the parts of the studies that say this, this is the key, this is important. And not only that, we really need to explain to people how, why this stuff's important, how it's important, because um, people just get really, are just really confused about education in general. All the things that people think works or optimal, they're just mostly wrong about. And um, so Justin has been working on this, and it looks like this thing is going to be like a 200-page book. <laughs> What started out was 40 pages. We say, oh, we got to talk about like, you know, like um, just like for as an example, Justin had written this segment on active learning and uh, deliberate practice. And really kind of, and he almost immediately after like a sentence dives into deliberate practice. And I said, whoa, 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 just, just take a step back. Most people don't even know what you really mean by active learning. They might kind of imagine they're doing something like – or not only that, they do not know how much more effective it is than passive learning. And we really need to not only to talk about what active learning is, juxtaposed to passive learning, but we need to sh bring up the scientific evidence that shows that passive learning is really ineffective. Sitting and watching a video doesn't really work. Sitting and listening to a lecture doesn't really work. You have to do something. Hiring a tennis coach, having him demonstrate the back end and just watching and then not hitting the ball yourself, you're not going to get any better tennis. <laughs> Right, but for some reason, people think, "Hey, I have this teacher talk about physics for an hour, and I'm just sitting there, kind of staring at the board." Yeah. You're not learning anything. I know it looks like that's the the pinnacle of learning. You're sitting in this lecture hall of this august institution, and you have this old professor going blah blah blah, and you're like, "This is amazing." Well, you're actually not learning much. That you actually have to do the work. You actually have to go through the mo the, the the process of the of, of of attempting the problems or the skills, struggling. Failing in some cases, getting feedback on what you did wrong, trying again. Okay, you've succeeded. Go to the next step. All that kind of stuff. People don't get that, and they're not. They're not. And so, and whether they get that, they don't. They're not even convinced that that's true, right? That I mean, just I'm super excited about this. Um, like, it's 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 this is going to be such a great thing to have on the site. Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be such a great thing. So when like. I mean, obviously, tell me more about it. But like, ultimately, I want you to tell me when will this be? Well, ready? I mean, I think he said he's. I think he's probably going to be working through the holidays, probably or you know, probably three or four more weeks. And I think he'll have most of the sections at a level where. So what he'll do is he'll work on a section, and when he gets an updated section, he'll email me, um, uh, and Sandy and Alex and maybe Yuri. Like, here's the latest update, and he'll have just a pasted version so we can just read that section. And sometimes I'll go back and I'll say, okay, like I did on the active learning, deliberate practice. Like, okay, Justin, yeah. I, I think we really need to split these things into two. And done. he's like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. You know, and then he'll go back. Then Alex will go, hey, you know, I think we need to talk about the difference between short term and long term memory and working memory because we just sort of say it. People don't know yeah, shit yeah, about exactly. how memory works. Yeah. They don't even know what working memory yeah. is. No, it's true. It's you true. talk about automaticity. Like, what's automaticity? People aren't even convinced that you have to memorize your your math facts or your or your um, you know, they're people are so propagandized, they're so confused, 
and they don't know about this stuff in general. Like we have to explain what this stuff is, show that there's intellectual back backing to it, and convince them that it's important that it works. Anyway, okay. Two two points, two questions I have for you. Uh, question one, and I'll, I'm going to ask both the questions first, and then we'll we'll circle back to them. Uh, obviously, I want to find out is this going to be launched to Hacker News, but we'll circle back to that. Question number two is how are you technically going to de- deploy this like are you going to make it available so that so that they can make updates themselves or will you always have to push it will always have to go through you like how how are you going to get this on the site so there'll probably be um okay so let's let's talk about the second CMS. Talk, yeah yeah um so let me talk about part 1 okay part 1 okay. which is how am i going to deploy this okay so once we have all this stuff gone through a couple edits on it and everybody's like okay we're all happy with it we got all the major sections every filled out there's 200 pages or whatever 100 (laughs) you know 300 academic references whatever right um then what we can take is we can have uh a a section each one of those little sections that might be two or three pages will be its own web page right so you so we would have a whole book we could self-publish our own book with all the stuff in it. Oh, oh, okay. Right? The self-publish our own book. We call it, so the working title that. is The Math Academy Way, How to Use, How Using the Power of Science, or Using the Power of Science to Supercharge Student Learning. That's what the working Okay, I just, 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 just sit with that. For just, just one second. I totally did miss that. Well, maybe I didn't say it. I don't it's think I said It's going to that. be a book. It's going to be a book. It's just a self-published book. book at first, and they can, but, but you can do it. Because Justin actually already self-published the, a book, the Risco, with all his Risco materials. So that's that's not a problem. So we'll have a Great. we'll have a self-published book that really puts some intellectual academic heft behind what we're doing. Right? Yeah. But not many people are going to read a book. Knowing there's a book is good. They're probably not going to read it. Yeah, no, you just you, you just need to know okay. it. You don't need to read it. You just need to know it's but there. But then okay, imagine right, right. that each one of these sections. So we have a section of automaticity, the importance of automaticity yeah. or deliberate practice. You write a real, you write a write a, a reference page on the site that people can read all about it, and they'll all be linked to a yeah. main thing where they a main site where we kind of have like oh me, me it, it, learning strategies and we have a link to learning strategies and so people could kind of poke around and be looking at the stuff. And go wow, look at all this stuff. I mean, most people aren't going to read that much, but just seeing it's there and then kind of spot checking some stuff. But there will be like a central page yes. like a central page and that is a thing that we can do launch hn well show hn no, i don't think you want to do it that way i think what you want to do is you want to do okay. one at a time i think what you want to do is okay. is then turn some of those pages into blog posts you kind okay. of talk a little more informally maybe you launch them as but you launch them one at a time not only that what i'm going to do is i'm going to create videos where i'm going to talk about all these different things. I'm going to have like sort of more of a casual me talking to the camera. They'll be between five and 15 minutes in length, probably more like 10 to 15 minutes in length where I say, okay, let's talk about automaticity. Why is this important? And I can yeah. really give it because, and then we can send these out in drip emails. Yeah. Right? We have a series of drip emails um, with the videos. We can have also have the videos on YouTube. We can also have them on the site in different places, but we can also drip them so we can kind of be educating people and they're going, wow, okay, deliver practice, mastery based learning, you know, how memory works, you know, and, and they'll watch some of them, some of them won't be like, God, there's so much to this. And then it'll once they once they start really understanding the depth and the sophistication of the system, they'll be like, okay, the fact that I'm only paying fifty dollars a month is amazing like this is that's a joke like i can't believe that's all they're charging as opposed to like oh it's like on some online learning math thing i guess you know I don't know why you know it's like this is not khan academy dude 
Well, I've said, I've, I mean, I have definitely said to you before, like somehow you need to expose this sausage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, show people how this thing's made. So what you're doing here is. In, I'm so excited right now. I'm so like excited about Yo, this. Justin has just done an amazing job. He's doing a he, he's done a fantastic job. So, um, so it's really funny. So, I think what's great about our team is that we're we have a, we're very complementary, right? Mm-hmm. So, all of these pulling in all these ideas is all stuff that I kind of pulled together and came up with, right? I came up with layering, and I was like. I didn't even do the research first. Most stuff like this is obviously true. This common sense, this is how it works. This is how you develop skill, right? And then I went and looked it up. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's supported by the literature. Of course it is. Because obviously it's true. So it's like my intuition about things. So I have all this intuition, like the like this stuff that that just comes to me naturally because I I'm goal oriented. I've been an autodidact my life. I've been an athlete. I've been so I I know how to self. So I think about these things, and so I was able to pull all these all the stuff together and and sort of say, okay, this is how the system should work, and this is why it needs to work this way, and that's how a math academy, the actual school program, came together, right? But what I'm not so good at is doing what Justin is, of just sitting down and writing all this stuff down, right? Like I can say, okay, here's what we need to talk about. Here's why this is important. Da da da. And he and Justin then just goes and knocks it out. It's like amazing, no, right? It's, great. I mean, it's, it's like great. amazing. And he doesn't just sit there and go, oh, Jason said to write these things or pull points. He'll go and read no, 30 no. academic papers on automaticity, yeah. pull out the top five that have the most heft and the most thing, pull out the initial things, pull everything together. And you're like, awesome. Right. This is great. And then Steve, you know, Steve Jobs, in the Steve Jobs biography, he said many times that that he feels like the most important thing as a leader of a company like his is intuition. It's just like it's it's the it's the person in charge's intuition about where they're taking the company and the things that they're doing, and that's what's going on. For yeah, you. and I'm not, you know, and I don't. I and I'm not trying to toot my heart and say it's the most important thing, but that's what I do. I have the I have an intuition right. about how this stuff works. You know, it's like when when it came to building the the how our knowledge graph works and all this stuff. Like I had this intuition about how this whole framework would work. Okay, so we have this, this, these. We have a knowledge graph. It's connected. We, you answer questions, and the answers are 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 kind of, um, kind of, you know, filter all through the graph, and then you and you and you kind of like a bat propagation up the air. So it works out like this. And I was like, that'll totally work. Justin's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't totally work. Trust me. Like, clearly, you know, the knowledge graph will fill up because we're the answers and this, that, and we just have like a waiting. Yeah, but he figured out the math he had to do, to do it, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, this is going to, because initially we had like this weird, like, uh, database. I don't know. It was just sort of a, it was a very brittle, uh, it was simple version of this thing. And then I was like, okay, that's bullshit. We need to do this sort of, uh, knowledge graph thing and it was sort of funny i mean i've kind of played the part of like you know how a professor will have this grad student and and, and i don't mean to say like i know more than justin but like he'll kind of guide and say oh he'll have the taste like here's here's where the problem is this is what we need to be working on this is important stuff right I know yeah. about some of this stuff, but you're going to have to go figure it out. But I think this is where you need to focus your efforts in this. And then the grad student has to do all the hard work, 
grad student has to actually go solve yeah. the problem and do it. And then he comes back to the professor and says, okay, so this I'm thinking. And the professor goes, oh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I think we should go. So it's more me. I had kind of sort of guided like where we should focus our attention or what I think is important and why I think intuitively this should all work. And But then he had to actually do all the hard yeah. math and do, yeah. make it all work, which he did, which is amazing. So it's like, but the uh, but he's also doing it with the the with this the science of math academy, which then turned into the math academy way or whatever. And um, yeah, it's great. That's but then great. That's really I'm going to do. But then on my part, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write individual blog posts where I'm going to pull some of this stuff together and talk about these things. Because you're strong at that, and you're. I can do it. that. I can write. I can. I can write entertaining prose. I think, and then I can do the videos, or I could say, okay. Now you're not proven at that, but I yeah, think you no, might. I can, you dude, might be okay. I can talk. Just flash your flash your abs. Yeah, you know? the abs. <laughs> no, but I I can I can definitely sit there and, and talk to the the camera and say, okay, let's let's talk about deliver practice. Here's why it's a big deal, right. you know, and just kind of so. So yeah, that's a that's a big deal, and and I think that's going to guide a lot of our. Um, our sort of our our our, our our conversation about the system. Um, oh, there's another couple of big things I can talk about too. In addition to that, um, well, I'll just I'll just say that's great. the 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 foundation of the book, like that, it's just the foundation of the book. Then breaking that out into web pages, breaking that out into blog posts, videos. It's a great strategy. It's and that's the only marketing strategy that you'll need. Mm-hmm. For for that specific amount of time before you need to start going deeper, like just that that's it that that's the, enough. The other thing is um, the thing that I'm really gonna. I, I don't know if we talked about this last. If we've talked about, I don't think we have. But the big um, one of the big changes I think we need to make. It, the reason that we have a higher churn than than we should is because we're not setting people's expectations about what the product is, how and how it works, and what you can get out of it. So people are right. very kind of coming. I think a lot of people are kind of casual. They're like, "Oh, okay." Here, here here's an example. Um, you have one parent talking to another parent. Maybe they're both complaining about how the math their their fifth or sixth grade math class isn't very good, or the teacher isn't very good, or the te- or it's moving really slow because of the pandemic and everybody's year, still a year behind or whatever, right? And one and one parent who's say kid is, is has made a lot of progress in math academy tells the other parent, "You should." Why don't you just send her to Math Academy? You know, my daughter has made all this progress and, you know, just not that much time and da, 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 you should. And they're like, wait, what? Math Academy? Oh, yeah, yeah, trust me. And the person goes into it. They're like, oh. And they look at the website for five, ten minutes and they sign up and they have their kid take the diagnostic and they start doing it. And then the kid does it for a little while. But then the kid's like, I don't want to do it. I have homework. I got to go to, you know, this and that. And then the parent's like, I don't know. It's just too much time or whatever. It's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you, you, we, we need to do is we need to make it really clear that this is for a serious product for people who are serious about learning math. If you're not serious about it, you shouldn't use, you shouldn't use it. In fact, my buddy Doug was like, you should just make people apply, right? Yeah. You, you had mentioned this before. Oh, did but, I? But I agree yeah. with it. Yeah, you did. We, we're discussing yeah, so it. So I think we want to move more in that direction. I don't know if we'll go all the way to the application process. We might go to that, but it might be like, we're not going to let people in and, unless they're serious. We might charge them more of an upfront fee. Um, and we will have more like, almost like a program. It's like, what are you trying to do? And like get them like, this is a long-term multi-year project. What are you trying to achieve with your kid? Not like, well, we just use it a little on the side for three or four months. Like that's kind of 
I I kind of agree with Doug on the application. I mean, it doesn't have to be really complicated. You could just have like at least at least a qualifying ten question drop down form. Yeah, you know? exactly. And in, and in and in the drop down, it just sort of says it just gives you different options. You know, I'm looking to, for my kid to learn casual math, or I'm looking for my, you know, and so just those ten simple questions qualify them, and then that's the. So I think what will happen is. Yeah, it'll it'll eliminate some of the people who would have signed up, but those those people weren't going to last more yeah. than two or three months anyway. Exactly. But what's yeah. going to happen is the people who would have dropped out of four or five months because they just kind of lost focus and the whole family wasn't bought into like, okay, this is what we're doing and this is why it's a big deal and this is the multi year prop plan. Um, those people will stick around for a long time because we've we've set the expectations, we've made them apply, we've maybe even been upfront payment, all that kind of stuff, and I think I think that's. That's really our niche is, is serious learning, qualifying people and setting their expectations and constantly reminding them like this is what they can get out of this. Like here's the goal. The goal isn't just do a little bit on the side. You could advance yourself three, four, five, six years ahead in math. Totally change your academic trajectory. Not just, oh, my kid went from regular to honors math and and that's been great. Like no, 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 no. That's that's yeah. You know, with the Coach Viva process, I know it's a much higher price point. But it was really important part of the sales process was to have a half an hour meeting with someone uh, to, to essentially do what you're describing, mm-hmm. to sort of do this qualification. And so I don't know whether it's just totally out of the realm of possibility if you could have like a quarter of an hour actual face-to-face with someone, if there could be someone. It obviously, it couldn't be you, but could it be Could it be a real person that they speak to? I mean, Possibly. I don't know. I don't know if I want to... I mean, that's something we were thinking about. I mean, obviously, the people who I initially onboarded stuck around much, much longer than people who just sign up, right? I mean, which exactly. is not go. surprising. Um, so that's something to... It's something that really worked. Yeah, it works. Just like you say, if something really works, you need to think about yeah, it. So. But, but we need to... I need, We need to move more in that direction of... of, of yeah. So, but here's an example. By the way, here's here's just a, a one... Uh, just a nice uh, kind of a... a Sandy made it to a tweet, but so um, we have this, there was just this uh, user, a, fam, a, a mom, she emailed, she said her son was at the end of fourth grade, took their, it's got the star uh, uh, test, which is like kind of a math diagnostic placement test that they use at schools and throughout the country. And he got like a 3.9, which means he was like at the end of the third grade at the end of fourth grade. So it was a year behind, more than a year behind. Mm-hmm. and so she signed him up to math academy he started at the end of june i was just before the show i just had sandy show me what his progress so that i could talk about it with a, a little more concrete numbers but he even even though he took a month off the summer he probably did a total of like 10 weeks in um and worked you know just like every other day 30 xp for it not not totally serious but just kind of work consistently and then um, the mom emailed and said, "Yeah, he just in, in, in October he took the um, he took the plate star tasteman, and now he is halfway through fifth grade math. So he moved a year and a half in math in just a couple of months of working in it every other day for like thirty minutes, right? There so I mean, go. it's like they weren't even wasn't that serious. I mean." You know, it's like, okay, it's a summer, he's fourth, you know, he's a coming, incoming fifth grader. Like, mom's like, okay, well, it's, you know, not a super serious thing, but it just showed you that even just that made a huge difference. And so she shared it with us. I was like, that's, see? And that that's what good. I told Sandy. I said, look, that even if we get frustrated at times because we're not growing as fast in this, 
this is going to work because the system works because it really works. So yeah, we have marketing stuff to do. We have blah, blah, blah to do, you know, but yeah, that's just you see stuff like that all the time. And like this one kid who's, I think in uh, he's a second grader, he's halfway, you know, he started with us. It was, they're like, I think Wyoming or Montana, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere. And, um, the mom had reached out to us because he, you know, her son is highly gifted and the school wouldn't accommodate him. And she's just like a single mom. And she's like, I don't know what to do about all this. And anyway, we gave, end up giving him a scholarship because, you know, financials were an issue. And he's like halfway through pre-algebra. He's a second grader. <laughs> a second grader. And he's almost ready, you know, pretty soon he'll be starting algebra one. That's, that's like seven, is it? Something like that. Yeah. Is like little. I mean, that's that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that it's even possible to learn that on a system yeah. somewhere. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's great. So, um, anyway, that's that's probably enough about Math Academy. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, TV shows or anything? Um, we've got ten minutes left. Um, one one quick article that I wanted to bring up was something that I had posted in my own JV links. Most people don't realize how much progress we've made on climate change. Mm. So how much progress have we made? Give us an update. Uh, well, um, we had the 2015 Paris Accord and like they, they had set certain things. So I'll just read some, some stuff from the article. Global emissions are on a substantially better track today than they were in 2015, largely due to the rapid deployment of wind, solar, and more recently EVs. Um, solar and wind energy accounted for less than 5% of global electricity eight years ago today they're up to 14 percent and projected to be 30 percent by 2030 um, solar installations are growing so fast that more solar panels were installed in the past three years than the previous rest of history mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in 2017 uh, fully electric and plug-in hybrid um, accounted for one percent that's in 2017 and now they're like uh, up to almost 10 percent um, including more than one in four new car sales in California. Um, so <laughs> basically, which are like the, Teslas. <laughs> <laughs> so the top line is uh, the International Energy Agency now projects that global climate uh, pollution in 2030 will be about 7.5 billion tons, uh, which is 20% lower than the pre-Paris Agreement pathway. So that so the sort of Paris Accord had set a certain plan. We're actually twenty percent lower than the plan. That's great. Uh, of that, and we didn't so even sign the reports. Just... Right. <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting yeah, that um, you know stuff is happening. I mean, someone said, "I who was it said?" Someone said, "Pretty much every problem could be solved by technology." And um, most can. I think that might. That I'm might a, be true. Yeah. Well, I mean, you ha- you kind of have the two extremes, which is sort of the the technology, the uh, accelerationist, and then you have the degrowth people who want to take everything down and slow energy down and depopulate and all that kind of stuff. And I'm definitely on the side of technology for sure. Um, I mm. think. Yeah, I think we could solve problems. Humans can solve problems. I mean, we'll have we'll we'll, we'll create new problems along the way, and then we'll have to solve those. Um, I mean, you know. I'm not as worried about the climate stuff as I think there's been a bit of climate alarmism. Um, you know, the people, a lot of the problem is, is it's freaked a lot of people out. A lot of people on the left have just gotten almost kind of like become just like complete doomers about it. And 
a lot of young people just almost become mentally deranged about it and think that the world is going to come to an end or something, which is not healthy and not accurate. But um, not it isn't something that we should pay attention to and try and resolve. But um, a bigger problem to me is the microplastics, which, um, in fact, I just had this article. I hadn't finished reading it, but the the you know they talk about the microplastics as be you know. Do, do, are you familiar with what microplastics are? So it's it's in the it's in the sea, it's in the water supply, it's in our bodies, it's in it's our getting fat. around. It's yeah, well, now they said the the title is nanoplastics could be worse than microplastics, and we almost know nothing about them. So the microplastics, all the plastic gets in the ocean. A lot of it being dumped from, I think the worst, of the you know, the Pacific Garbage Catch and all that, like the worst of it is coming from the Philippines. I think I saw something where they showed, uh, I saw this map years ago or a year ago, and it showed like where who where is all this coming? For some reason, a lot of it is coming from the Philippines. You know, you think, oh, is it coming from China or is it coming from India? It's like, yes, but the Philippines are the worst um, for some reason. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, we have... We have this plastic that goes in there and it gets degraded by the ocean. You have all these tiny plastics, which are getting eaten by sea creatures, which are eaten by um, birds, and then you know gets into the food supply and it gets all over. You know, people they find they find the microplastics as far as in uh, Mount Everest, right, and and the Arctic and stuff like that. And um, nanoplastics by size, so a microplastic is small enough that is big enough that you could see it in a microscope easily, but you could also see it on the end of your finger in some cases. Right. A nanoplastic would be if a, if a microplastic was the size of a basketball, a nanoplastic would be the size of a grain of rice. And so they really it takes special equipment to be able to detect them. But those, but but microplastics which are being consumed by I think plankton and krill are then broken down into nanoplastics, and then that stuff's being spread out. And, you know, we think, well, carbon is a hard thing to deal with. Well, carbon is like nothing to deal with compared to, I think, this, if you have a nanoplastics spreading. Because if you have like nanoplastics, if we, if we don't deal with all this plastic garbage that's getting into the oceans and getting into the nature and food supply and these nanoplastics, this stuff is going to get in us. And then we're going to wonder why we have all these weird cancers showing up and all these weird diseases. And then, you know, it's, it's, it, it could likely end up being because we have all these plastics that are screwing up with our the way our systems work and, our, and the animals as well. Like that, that is a bigger problem that people aren't paying attention to. And it's weird to me. And I've been we talk, we've talked about this before in the podcast years ago. Um, but if, if you're like, what are the biggest concerns, like um, uh, sort of ecological concerns? For me, it's the, it's the proliferation of, of plastic waste uh, throughout the world's ecosystems. That's a big problem. That's a huge problem. Hmm. And we need, to, we need to get serious about it. And it's like funny. It's like, it's like it always takes the world a long time to figure this stuff out. It's like everyone's all worried about overpopulation and they find out that we have all um, a huge percentage of the countries are depopulating at a huge rate and that's going to lead to open problems. But then people are just behind on it. You know, it's like, are, are people not aware of this? They're not aware that Korea has a replacement rate of 0.7, you know? I mean, our population, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like they're, as when, where 2.1 is replacement they're at 0.7 in germany and italy and russia and china japan i mean they're all screwed and um and we're not and, and it's like you know people i was watching this this youtube video this one woman who's a physicist sabine something i can't remember she's like a physicist who does who's kind of like turned more towards like popularization of science and and she was talking about you know concerns and she's talking about overpopulation and i'm like sabine 
wake the fuck up. Like, are you like a decade behind? Like, she just, you have no idea what's going on with the population. The population, yes, is going to rise in the short term, but then we have this massive depopulation problem. We're not going to have enough people around doing stuff to keep the economies from from going into permanent recession. You know, like that could be a real risk. You know, it's like people think, oh, well, you know, Jason, how is AI going to do everything? And like, maybe. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. Chat GTP, chat GPT is going to like solve all our problems. You know, I'm, I'm saying a little smart ass there, but the, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's like you don't have enough kids going to school. You don't have enough, you're going to be, you know, university. I, I was talking to a guy two, three years ago, he was a professor and he's like, yeah, he's like, we have less and less kids coming to school. Other than the elite universities, a lot of these universities are going to have to start shutting down, laying people off and some are shutting down because they don't have enough students in the U.S. Like these are major problems. Wow. But anyway, it's like people, but it's just an example. It's like, there's these things that like so many people who are, you know, supposedly educated and intelligent and aware are just still clueless on. And it's like, Jesus, people, you know, well, I'm glad I brought that article to you. It's, uh, it was it gives something to think yeah. about. <laughs> well, I'll start thinking about the nanoplastics, Jesse. Like that's a that's yeah. a, well, we talked about years ago because I was always really interested in the. They keep coming across back different types of bacteria and stuff that can degrade and consume plastic. I mean, that'll probably be the best solution. But if the if the plastics get outside of the ocean and are all over, you know all over the uh, the world they're in trees they're in grass they're in the i mean it's like well you know that's a harder problem to solve than if it's like in the ocean it's okay well we create different types of algae that can consume this or you know whatever it's just a, there are so many new pathways to doom um, well i don't think it's like i don't think i'm not a, I'm, this is this is the pathway to like people having like weird weird deformities and things well that would be the the tv version i mean i don't think that'll happen i think what'll happen is that you just have a higher much higher incidences of of different types of cancers and things that are resulting from yeah, this and yeah. different types of um maybe brain diseases that are result it's like oh what well, turns out that we have this weird kind of alzheimer's that actually is a result of having too many nanoplastics in your brain and that's mm -hmm. what's causing it and it's like well how do we detect well you can't even take it. it's in the food supply you can't even detect it it's so small you know it's like great now what do we do um all right i got the text mm -hmm. let's do let's do let's do movies okay what do you got you see anything shows and um, movies what have i been i mean i have been watching the latest uh, season of rick and morty that doesn't have um justin roiland why does um, it not have him and he, because he was cancelled. Why was he cancelled? Um, some kind of uh, underage uh, sex kind okay. of thing. Something, okay. yeah, sp speaking to younger people or something like that. But um, I I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, the point is, is that the new actors who've come in are doing a great job. Um, the writing is still just as good, and I'm really enjoying okay. it. So Rick and okay. Morty, yay! Yay, Rick That's and good. Morty. Yeah, you reckon Morty? Yeah. Well, we've been uh, let's see. The other thing we we started watching um, the second season of Invincible. Did I mention that? Uh, yeah, I, I watched the first of episode. the second season. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I I um we watched the fourth episode, which is the most recently uh, uh, released version and um our uh, episode. And uh, at the end of it, I go, that was good. And it's funny. Izzy and both Kobe are going, like, why do you like it? I'm like wait, what? You don't like it? They're like, ah. I'm like, they're like, compared to the comic book, it sucks. 
It just doesn't make any sense. This relationship with his girlfriend is stupid. Why is he not with Eve? Like the whole, they, they started telling me like, look, a lot of the stuff they're doing the show doesn't make any sense. And it's a much worse storyline. And it's kind of, you know, there's, and I, and I ask, and I, and I was like, huh, why did they make those changes? And Chloe's like, why do you think? And I go, wokeness? He's like, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, why do you think? I was like, okay. Um, but apparently I go, well, how did you read the comics? And they said, they, and, and Colby's like, I guess online, he read the comic books online. And, um, and Izzy, there's this one, I don't know if you've seen these YouTube videos where they'll, they'll actually go through the comics and they kind of play it on a video and they kind of do voices. They do the voices and stuff. Mm. It's, and yeah. I, I watched one with the, um, it was like a DC one, and it was I can't remember uh, I can't remember what, what what it was. It was this huge? All the superheroes are fighting each other and stuff, and it was really good. So yeah. she's like, "Yeah," hmm. but it was like another example of the situation where like the written material, the book or comic book, is just so much better than the actual than what we end up seeing. And I was like, "Yeah, that's, that's almost always the case. It's almost never the case that what you see in a movie or TV show is as good as the as what you've the the book or whatever. Almost never." Yeah, like I remember seeing. Um, uh, do you ever see the movie uh, "A Beautiful Mind" with Russell Crowe? Yeah, yeah, like everybody's like, "Oh, it's an amazing movie." I'm like, "This is so flat and it's so bad compared to the book." People are like, "What?" I'm like, "I mean, I guess if you like it." It was just the same reaction they had, you know. It is the same reaction Sandy had because Sandy read all the you know the Jason Bourne series, like the Bourne Identity, the Bourne Ultimatum, all that kind of stuff. Mm. And I remember saw the movie. I'm like, "Yeah, oh, it's really cool." She's like. I'm like, what? She's like, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like, it's one guy running around beating people. I was like, it's like, they were so much more, it was so much more layered and complicated. And you had, you know, the, you had yeah, the jackal and, and the, the yeah. thin, all the stuff yeah. was going on. She's like, she's like, I can't, she, she almost couldn't watch the movie with me. It was so bad, in her opinion, the Bourne series. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I was like, writing I was like what's a good thing I didn't read the books because I like the movie. So the thing you would do is you want to see the it, movies first. It's it's a way of delivering content that is just more well, yeah, powerful. Yeah, it's just so much more nuance and depth and, and everything and, yeah, and complexity. Yeah. And, and, and of course, you can see everything in your head. You, you don't, you know, you're casting it yourself, right? You know, and um, so I guess the, the trick is go watch the movies first, which you'll enjoy because you haven't seen it, and then read the book. And yeah. then you go, uh, and then, yeah, the exactly. double. Exactly, which is what happened to me with The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right. That, I, think, I think that's probably the way to do it. Unless unless you're the kind of person, and a lot of people are this way, I know how it ends, so I can't read the book. I already know this. I know the gist, which for yeah. some people would be like, I'm, I'm going to read this big story even though I know how it ends. Yeah. And, and on that note, so I um, I just done watching movies. Uh, I, I got Izzy and I are watching Interstellar because she'd never seen it. So we're kind of going back and have you seen Interstellar? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if it made a big impression Matthew on me. It was, it was, that was Matthew with um, the guy from 28 Days Later, Killian Murphy, right? No. Or maybe I'm confusing it with something. Else. No, that's Sunlight. Yeah, I don't know what Sunlight yeah, is. Sunlight bad. is a sci-fi movie? I think so, yeah. Shot. But you ever seen Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey? No, I don't think I, I watch have. It. It's good. It's a, it's I a, don't think I have. It's another, it's a whatever, Christopher Nolan movie. It's pretty good. Okay, yeah. So that's a recommend. If, if anyone missed it the first time All around right. when it came out, was it like 2000, I don't know, 14 or something? Check it's it good. out. All right, we need to go, right? You're, you're right. getting the you're getting the hook? I got the text. I got the <laughs> text. Right. 
That's a... What do I say? That's a wrap. We're out.